0: Greetings, geeks. Welcome to another episode of Geeking Off the Page. I'm Daredevil, and I shake She-Hulk.
1: And I'm your local Dark Lord of the Sith, or at least medium gray. I'm Trevor.
2: I'm Gavin, and I'm a Predator's worst nightmare, because you can't see me.
3: Greetings, foolish mortals, and happy Halloween. I'm Troy, and little me this. The man who built me sold me. The man who bought me never used me. And the man who used me never saw me. What am I? And I'd like to welcome you to this Halloween episode of Geeking Off the Page, episode 59. So uh, we we are at that time of year again, people. It is the uh, spooky season. And as you can tell from the uh, video portions of this uh, particular episode, which you can tune right in right now to the YouTube version. We're already there because you know what? This drops on uh, Christmas, uh, Christmas, Christmas. It <laughs> drops on Christmas. Yeah. It's
0: Troy's Christmas.
3: It's, it's my Christmas. It's definitely my Christmas. So, uh, yes. Um, it drops uh, Halloween and, uh, both, uh, audio and video will be available the same day because you know what? It's Halloween. We're going to drop it on Halloween yeah. righty then. So you want to pick up, uh, the start there, Trevor, with uh, how we usually go through this.
1: All right. So for those of you who've been keeping score, we usually start off with what's going on in the week, things, that, things that are new that have dropped. Um, some things, you know, came along with it being Halloween and all. Uh, I'm going to jump right into, well, for anyone who's watching this episode, you can see from my background and my my robes, uh, right into Star Wars with the latest episode of Andor on Disney+. Plus. How many days till the heist? Uh, oh, uh, uh, the heist <laughs> is over. Now we're a couple days past the heist. So things are going good. Um, Where's heisty? Oh, God. Yeah. So we're in... Uh, Basically, episode two of of the next movie they're doing, which is going to be the Prison Break movie. Um, So it was Keeping Score first. It was the Get Out of Town movie, the Heist movie, and now it's the you know Escaping Out of Prison movie. Um, So our our intrepid hero Andor has been uh, basically at the end of of last episode, he got wrongfully committed of a crime he didn't commit while on the lam from a crime he did commit, um, and got. Given a six-year sentence, and now we get to see the prison where he's, you know, it's more of a factory prison. And guess who his foreman is? It's Andy Serkis. Woo hoo! Finally, without having to wear a motion capture suit. Um. Anyway, so this episode, uh, Narcan, uh, Narquina Five, I think that's the name of the, the planet. So it's every day he has to spend with a group putting together machinery. Um. And it's like seven tables in the room, and whichever group does the best. Of that day and, and number of assemblies they get flavor with their prison food that's that's quite the, the thing you get flavor today woohoo um and if you're unlucky number seven of the group you just get tased that's that's your meal tased um so it was an interesting concept of how the empire kind of runs these like factory prisons um and also they didn't exactly explain what he's putting together Um, my, I'm going to say right now, my guess is they're putting together the arm assembly, uh, connector for probe droids because there's, it looks like it's a piece that there's connectors where arms would connect to. And you got to remember, I mean, the empire at this point, they're just getting off the ground. So they're going to, Yeah, you're saying.
3: Yeah, you're saying the base part where the arms attach into yeah, and all yeah. that sort of thing. I didn't even think of that. That's that's a good point. I, I, is it like I was... the little
0: ball joints like the old Kenner toy? I know sure, my always pop toys yeah, to yeah. come back in. But yes. The
3: thing is, is I figure the, at this point
1: the Empire has to make a lot of these things. Like, a mm-hmm. lot. Because they can't send garrisons any anywhere that there's trouble or where there's suspected trouble. The, re, the, the Rebellion really hasn't gotten its feet under, its, under itself and get going yet. So they're just having to stamp out distance here and there and here and there. So they're just probably sending thousands of probe droids every day around the galaxy so they got to get made somewhere and it's free free labor in prison for them so why not so yeah so um by the end of the episode you can you know Cassian's kind of seemingly fallen in line with this whole prison thing but you know he's his first thing on his mind is where's my rubber ball to to bounce against the wall because I'm getting out of here so
0: yeah, I gotta jump in real quick. Uh, okay. Gavin's Predator morph suit looks like he's wearing an, an ugly Christmas sweater right now.
1: <laughs> it's aurora borealis. Yeah, why not? Um, so, okay, actually, back to Gavin. Android.
3: Gavin, the only way it's going to show up is if you actually start talking, so the screen cuts to you, so people can see the effect of the aurora aur- borealis. Yeah, Gavin, talk,
2: talk, Gavin. I will it. not. There we he go. He's on. <laughs> What'd you just call me?
1: Exactly. Um, so the only other side thing going on, other than, than Andor in prison, is so um, we get to finally meet up with Saw Gerrera. We finally get yeah. to see Force Whitaker on screen. Yeah. Um, and Rail's basically saying Andor is a loose end. He's something that can be tied back to the you know to the, the, the fledling, fledgling rebellion. So he's kind of ordered his troops to see what they can do about silencing Andor, but they don't know where he is. They don't know that he's been caught and trumped up on a charge and chucked into a factory prison. So we'll see where, how it goes. That's, that's Andrew. Any, anyone have any thoughts?
3: Well, I was thinking um, it's, it's again, kind of neat because they're showing us new locations that we've never seen in anything. We haven't seen this particular sort of environment. And we're not on Tatooine. We're not on Tatooine. We're not on a familiar area and all that sort of thing. I mean, that's the nice thing that I really am enjoying about this series is that they are giving you all this new stuff that you've never seen before you you're getting different colors we're getting different uh, locations we're getting uh, different uh, characters and all that. we are definitely aware of the fact that this is being filmed in England because everyone has a British accent, pretty much, <laughs> um, or a localized accent to the area, sort of thing. And all but that, that. makes but sense
0: definitely... if it's empire. Yes, yeah, is it, it mostly totally empire? And it, yeah,
3: it, exactly, and it totally does, especially if this is the empire taking over and all that. But a lot of the non-imperial characters also have the accents and all that sort of thing but again it's just something really nice to see and um it's it's i'm i'm enjoying the series again i'm looking at it from the story the mini story arcs that they are you you got to watch the three episodes together you got to watch the first three the second three and then i'm pretty sure we'll get to the prison escape by the end of this next one and then We'll have to go on the run from being hunted. You'll you'll be the man on the run, being hunted by. It'll be your fugitive episodes series where you're running from. Or training montage,
1: turning him into a a rebellion captain. Exactly. Yeah, something like that. All the
2: Bantapudu. Yeah. This is not taking place on Tatooine. No, no, shocking,
1: isn't
3: it? I am enjoying to watch that just because of that. (laughs) Well, that's a good reason to watch it, and the other thing is too because it's. Again, like I've stated before, we're not using the volume for this. This is actually physical sets being built. There are green screens. Yes, there's stuff and all that, but we're not using the volume. We don't have the digital screen in behind us. You're actually physically building, well, it's which just is nice vo- that...
1: The volume is being used by other productions and they, they can't
3: share. And it's also in the US as well. So, I mean, yeah. But again, it's, it's fun to see that it's a physical grounds route, like lucas and 77 having to build everything Mm -hmm. like all the like all of the sets in like the the death star were all practical sets with a little bit of some are done with like the extended digital in-camera effect of the uh the 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 map paintings and all that sort of thing which is kind of neat so i mean it again i i love the fact that the series is seeming more like classic star Wars, like. Early Star Wars, and it has that feel to me. Um, the storytelling is, like Trevor has mentioned before, it's it's a little slow going. It's a little doesn't seem to give me everything that I want from a storyline and all that. But I'm enjoying just the classic feel of this. It feels more original trilogy than the prequels, and definitely more than the sequels. So,
1: I, I think my problem with the the storytelling is it's so obvious that they've cut this into three episode chunks and have just like, Oh, that's this movie genre, or they have a specific movie in mind that they're in essence copying. And then it's right to the next one and right to the next one and right to the, and it's just, it feels instead of releasing one episode a week, they should just be releasing them three at a time yeah, and, and just be done with it. Cause it just, because each episode carries that whole first episode of, of a three kind of introduces you to that movie genre and, and tries to give you hooks to get to the second one the second one's nothing but filler to get you to the third one and the third one's the conclusion it's just like it's like watching a bad movie trilogy where you're just like oh god here comes the second one the second episode of the little trilogy let's slog our way through it and all right and then then you're like ooh, what's the next genre gonna be um it just it, it just feels like they have groups writing these things and they're like oh let's what what movie genre can we rip off today?
3: So no, I'll, I'll agree with I'll agree with you there. Yeah, it does seem very stilted that it's like okay, three episodes new genre, three episodes new genre. Yeah, so
0: so would you guys recommend this show to me?
3: Ooh, I would I would wait until it's I would wait <laughs> until it's completely I would wait until season one is completely out there and then because again the episodes aren't long episodes they're less than an hour each. And like the three-story arcs come up to less than like like about an hour and a half, just over an hour and a half each of the three arcs. So you watch the first three in a row, and if you can get it to jump from the end of the last scene to the beginning of the next scene, it'll flow a lot nicer than having to do this whole entire like if you wait a day or to get to the next episode sort of thing. Just before
1: Warren, even if you hit skip recap and then skip intro, you're still going to get the fucking Andor logo come in for no apparent reason.
3: Which seems to get longer and longer each
1: time we watch it. Just, when you say skip intro, that means start just past that stupid, like, entrance logo. Like, oh!
3: Mm, Bastards. Mind you, again, uh, the other thing that was released was uh, Tales of the Jedi. The skip intro is the title screen that says Tales of the Jedi, and that's it. It's like, Two seconds long, like, yeah. what type of skip Woohoo! intro is that?
1: Yay! Yeah. I, I, I skipped a second. Um, yeah. so yeah, speaking of, so also released was Tales of the Jedi, um, which to me was so much fun to watch. Um, because it's in essence two stories happening at the same time, mm-hmm. and it is the rise of Osaka from basically hers as a, as a child up through parts of her training. And it's the fall of Dooku into Dark yeah. Tyrannus to yeah. see his dissatisfaction with the Jedi Order. And when he basically, you see when he breaks away so that the the some of the elements in episode two, um, like when Obi-Wan's trying to find Kamino and can't find it in the database, this explains why. This explains why is not anywhere in the Jedi database. Yeah. yeah. Um, we get to see what happened to Yaddle you know so if you're like whatever happened to yaddle we find out um and it's it's interesting that you know so we see uh dooku's his padawan who was qui-gon
3: qui-gon yeah yeah
1: and i have to say the modeling of the young padawan so you see, before he even says a word, you're like, "Man, that looks so much like like Liam Neeson." And yeah, look like an like, amazing young man. That's Lee, and and then when they you you see him like just shortly after the events during the Phantom Menace, when he comes to reports about the Sith and Dooku's there, and they're speaking, I'm like, "Man, they got a really good voice actor to be." Well, no, that's Liam Neeson. That's got to be. There's no there's no one who's going to have that nuanced way that he speaks. And sure enough, in the credits, it's Liam Neeson. Um, but yeah, the the modeling. Of Qui-Gon Jinn. there's no mistaking him as anyone else and there's even a nice little side one of Mace Windu um, yeah. which was really yeah. really nice you know it's nice to see that the characters kind of outside of the movies but kind of explaining some of their motivations and why they act the way they do um, you know this doesn't make me like Dooku more but I kind of see why he was getting fed up with the Jedi order of how inflexible they were. And and as, you know, as even as, as Qui-Gon said, it feels like the Jedi are becoming more and more pawns of the Senate. You know, they're not there to keep the peace, in as much as you know, they're they're mistaking peace for quiet. You know, they're keeping things quiet. So, you know, senators are running roughshod over their, their the people who have elected them or, or whatnot. And the Jedi are doing nothing but protecting senators. And it was nice to seeing like, you know, Dooku's outrage at this senator who was just abusing the rules. And so, yeah. So, I, if you haven't watched them, I heartily, you know, endorse them. It's only six episodes. Absolutely go watch them. Um, they're all written by Dave Filoni. You can tell he's kind of setting some things up. So, yeah, absolutely. If you haven't watched them yet, go watch them. You know, spend that time. It's it's time well used.
0: Is it one continuous story, or are they like one shot stories? They're
1: they're like little one shots. There's six episodes. Um, Like the first one is all about,
3: Ahsoka as a baby. Yeah, Ahsoka Um, as a baby. Yeah. um, The next
1: one is Dooku and his um, Padawan Qui Gon um, going to a planet to you know do a Jedi mission. Then uh, it's Dooku and Windu. Um, investigating a a death of a Jedi, and then it's Qui-Gon after the events of Tatooine with Qui-Gon Jinn and Darth Maul. um, This is where we see uh, Dooku making that conscious choice of breaking away from the Jedi. Um, And then we go back to Osaka and Anakin, and then finally after the death of padme we see what basically what what was osaka doing doing after padme died and yeah
3: it's it's nice okay ahsoka the name's ahsoka I, <laughs> ahsoka i mean if, we're, if if i didn't say anything we would probably get some sort of like hey why are you guys you guys are supposed to be star wars experts why are you explaining one of the biggest characters created by dave filoni wrong
1: all right, I'm I'm gonna put a pin in this and say ex- exactly this. I'm in tremendous amounts of pain right now because I have actually torn <laughs> my shin muscle. Why uh, would you go and do that? I didn't do it on purpose, but I spent most of Friday getting x rays and ultrasounds. Um and yeah, I've I've torn the one of the muscles on the front of my shin. Um and it 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 hurts a lot. So and I can't take much I can just take like ibuprofen and acetaminophen.
0: So yeah. When it, Trevor's in pain, he likes to say ashoka.
1: Yeah, so uh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to say if someone has a real problem with the way I I'm, I'm pronouncing names I'm right here come on up. Come at That's, me, bro. Yeah. yeah. I'm not even going to say come at me. Just come on up and 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 speak into the microphone. It's right here.
3: All right.
0: That's a challenge.
3: It is. Uh did you did either you, you guys uh, get get around to Tales of the Jedi?
0: No. Nope. <laughs> watching another show. She did not.
3: Uh, I, Gavin, Gavin, yeah. Gavin, I just want you to speak up right now because I want to, the video to cut to you right now because people have got to see. Why this. would you want that? No one wants that. Absolutely no one wants that. It's just that. a
1: floating head, Troy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> see, I told you the invisible man was the best universal monster.
1: Uh, no, he's not really invisible because everything's kind of offset a bit. So, yeah. O- only like, you know, the hunter with like the, the one lazy eye is like,
3: what I don't, I don't see no. It,
1: it's it's
2: stealth
3: camouflage. It's
2: just yeah, no if, he's being, if
3: he's being hunted by Marty Feldman, he's perfectly <laughs> fine. And the other nice thing about Tales of uh, Tales of the Jedi, it's it's the Clone Wars type animation, and it's short episodes. They're like I think eight nine minutes long. Yeah, they're they're not yeah. that
1: long, but honestly, they're not it, long
3: enough. They pack a lot of punch in that short little time. They do. They we'll they, have to they catch
2: that then for
3: sure. Yeah, it's. I Hopefully thought there's of
1: the, more the first... coming because this was just this was the taste of yeah. star wars i needed
3: yeah exactly exactly uh the first like the, the stunning thing that caught me off guard was uh, well, i mean the the infant ahsoka story was kind of cool and all that sort of thing that was nice to see her tribe and all that sort of thing but in the second mm-hmm. episode where we're introduced to the young uh dooku and young um qui-gon qui-gon when when uh dooku ignites his lightsaber and it's the same bent hilt and all that sort of thing and it's a blue blade i'm like oh wait what oh huh, what oh right of course yeah. it would not be red but not yeah it was just so it was so cool to see that sort of thing but uh, and then to see him sort of go dark side a little bit in it and all that and you can like the music tone changes and he's like yeah so it's it's yeah, yeah. but yeah i know the the rest of the men yeah i was i was like oh yeah all right, excellent.
1: Good. I also so, like the fact that Yaddle is voiced by Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, um, that is cute. That is cute. Yeah. kind of keeping things together. Yeah, and Captain yeah, keeping Rex all shows up.
3: Yeah, Captain Rex is oh, right. there. I forgot about that. Rex is yeah because because they're in Clone Wars with the yeah. So of course mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah. I completely forgot. Yeah, and it's but it's yeah, a so
1: nice. It was... It's it's nice because the, the part of it is uh, so Anakin wants. Um, her train in non-standard, like basically tested the non-standard Jedi ways. So he has a bunch of clone troopers surround her and firing stun, stun bolts at her and getting her used to blocking them to the point where we see her uh, develop her double blade style. Um, which is nice because she switched from single blade and suddenly she's using dual blades. Like, Oh, why the switch? Yeah. This explains why the switch, but also explains why in the clone war and, and rebels, how she got, like how she evaded order 66, how she and Rex were able to fight through a ship of, through a a whole ship full of clone troopers and escape. Well, it's because she trained because of at Anakin's insistence to be able to block stun bolts and what they probably wouldn't, weren't trying to stun her at the time. So yeah, it it explains why she got so good. Although I do, I do like the second setting on the little trainer droids. (laughs) Because <laughs> they're always just the single glass when so they open up and they got like quad cannons. Yeah, ex- on them.
3: yeah, exactly. Extra, extra uh, firepower. Yeah. I'm
1: surprised they just don't have those as like you know, when a Jedi is running into battle, you just have like seven or eight of these little trainers with with like the the, the safety restrictions pulled off, and they just volley fire at whoever they're fighting because they're, they're mobile and they're
3: they're accurate. So yeah. All right. So moving on, what's next, Trev? Um, well, you had challenged, well, not really challenged.
1: you had had asked us to watch a horror movie
4: uh-huh.
1: on around Halloween of all times. Like, yeah, who the hell does that? Anyone, anyone watch a horror movie? Anyone? Mike, did you watch a horror movie?
0: No, I didn't. I'm going to talk about an old one.
1: All right. How about you, Gavin? Did you watch a horror movie, Gavin?
3: I certainly did. Oh. <laughs> he has to adjust his mic. Oh, wait, I'm up here. I got um. to turn, turn
1: on my hearing aid
3: down
2: is not mute yeah. that's his <laughs> invisible ear Lady.
1: so gab did you watch a horror movie
2: I did yes yes I did Trevor I oh, did back watch back. a horror movie
1: holy christ it's like pulling hen's teeth
3: <sighs> know, what was the horror movie and what was the horror movie that you watched Trevor
1: oh well I didn't watch just one oh um, so I watched the black phone which, uh, yes yes as a father i was a little creeped out yes, and, and very angry yes, about yes um uh i watched it follows which is a very funny horror movie in my opinion mm-hmm. um and then i watched barbarian and i watched barbarian with absolutely no context going into it thinking oh is this going to be like a sword and sorcery like Conan the Barbarian movie it was not a Conan
3: movie. Okay, stop right there, stop right there. Other guys, have you seen Barbarian yet? I have not I have not been able to don't watch no, it. No,
0: and I'm not going to plan on watching no, it's it. It's a great okay. movie. It's it's it, a great it is, movie.
1: Just yeah, the following stipulations. Don't watch it at night. Don't watch it alone. Don't eat before watching.
3: Don't watch it in the dark. Don't yeah. um yeah, definitely watch it with someone else. It definitely, yeah. definitely have someone. In worst night.
1: case scenario, you can throw a pillow at. Yep. Um, or in in some cases, crypt. So that way you have chance to get away. And yeah. definitely don't eat before watching.
0: Would it be good to watch like in a crypt or a sewer? You know, alone on your phone.
1: Yeah. While eating, with like headphones, something from Subway. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah.
3: For sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so, I'll leave that one for the last.
3: okay
1: yeah um but you guys can start someone start with their their horror movie that they did watch either your old one or new one go for it
3: mike go with yours story time okay go mike go go go
0: so okay I'm not a big into horror stuff. And I'm going to do a little preamble on this just for fun, because I, I've been thinking about this a lot since last week. So one of the reasons I'm not big into horror films, like I don't mind the shock. I don't mind the, awe, I don't mind like the, you know, the poor souls getting tortured, but to me, I want to have something like an anchor point, some sort of morality anchor point. And I was thinking about this a lot over the week. Like if, if it's Friday the 13th and Jason's going around murdering everybody, I want the Punisher to show up and just start killing him. Like, that's what I want. I like that kind of stuff, right? No, so if it is barbarian, I want to see Clint Eastwood show up as Dirty Harry. Like, go ahead, make my day. You know, that's the kind of stuff I like. And I don't mind it when the stories take a dark turn. You know, Game of Thrones, that has a lot of stuff that's borderline horror in it. But there's extra stuff to... For me to sink my teeth into, you know, just the horror for the sake of horror. I'm just, meh, it's not my thing. So that was my revelation. Think about that stuff this week. Now, the movie that popped into my head is because I've been watching The Expanse. And there's another movie that came out back in 1997 about a spaceship that was able to fold space and somehow ended up in hell. And that's a movie that I went into, you know, with my new bride and we didn't know what we were getting into. We was like, hey, let's go see this science fiction movie. And then it suddenly took a very dark turn. And I don't know if I've ever seen it since. I think I might have watched it once on video afterwards. But that initial experience of sitting in the theater and hey, it's a happy science fiction movie. Wait, it seems kind of creepy. Ooh, is this sort of like Aliens vibes? I don't know. And then it turns into like a full horror in space. And um, that's the first one that popped into mind. And again, I was getting those kind of vibes even watching The Expanse because The Expanse has a lot of that kind of vibe in it. You know, great cast. You know, Morpheus is in it, which is cool. Right? Lawrence Fishburne. You know, Sam Neill. You know, you can't go wrong with the cast in it. And it was interesting looking at all the backstory of the making of the movie and how it's like, hey, Titanic's not done. You know, let's crap out this movie as fast as we can and cut out all these things. And. But to me, that initial theater experience, it held up. I was terrified. I don't like that stuff. I'm like covering my eyes.
3: what's was going to stop.
0: But (laughs) I thought it was a fun horror movie. So that's the one that popped into my head. And you have yet to get
1: and the, the name title. of
3: that movie is called
0: Event Horizon.
3: There you go. Okay, <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like, when's he gonna say it? Is he gonna say the name now? Is he gonna say the? Name? I mean, as soon as you said the year, I'm like, oh, he watched Event Horizon. I wrote it down on the notes and all that sort of thing. I'm like, he hasn't said it yet. He hasn't said it yet. <laughs> no, and that again is a fantastic movie to go into, like you did, blind, and it is such a great thrill ride of a movie especially at the time too and like you said it's a phenomenal cast um and it's basically like alien versus hellraiser it's like if clive barker wrote yeah. a sci-fi uh like a sci-fi space movie it's it's yeah it is so so good and it's compelling and it's engaging and it's and the a great thing is the atmosphere is part of the biggest scare of that movie like they don't show some stuff and you're still terrified because you don't know what they're going to show you and you they keep you guessing throughout the whole entire movie whether they're going to show you the great horror and all that sort of thing and yes (coughs) there is some very scary visuals and all that but a lot of it is the suspense that they put into it it's a beautifully done movie and i i i i i and so happy that you were able to see it without knowing anything. And it's a theatrical viewing because I unfortunately yeah. only saw the movie on home video. I never actually got to see it in the theater. So it's in theater.
0: Oh yeah. yeah it, it was I, an experience. And apparently it bombed oh, uh, it did. with the it budget. Totally it, did. it like it yep. lost a third of the yep. production costs, but I guess it did so yep. well on video that they wanted to do a re-release, but they lost all yep. the film and they couldn't do it. So yeah.
3: All right. What do you got there, Mr. Gavin? You're next. <laughs>
2: Well, the uh, I'll, I'll preface this by saying that I don't generally like horror movies in the traditional sense. Yeah, I see you rolling your eyes there, Trev. I see them. Uh, so, like the you know the staples from the '80s, like Jason, Freddy Krueger, Chucky, uh, all of these rely on on uh, shock and uh, and scare tactics. You no, know, the build up, you know, the like the, there's always the, the violin build up and then it's just a cat. And then there's another one. And oh, it's the cat again. And then nothing. And then all of a sudden, whatever it is, jumps out and myrtleizes everything. It's like I, I've always hated those cheap, cheap scares because the music it is, is designed to basically make you jump. That's, that's it, it plays you like a film. I jump every time. I sometimes make a, a small shriek sound similar to Dead Space. But at least in this case, I'm controlling the narrative in Dead Space. At least I'm armed, whereas in the theater, watching Freddy go, uh, slicing and dicing teens. Uh, so, uh, some friends introduced me to the, the, the zombie genre, and uh, some of some of the classic ones, Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, uh, with some of the, some, of the, some of the some of the some of the grossest creature makeup stuff I've I've ever seen, and that it you know like pulling intestines out of someone or or like someone's head gets gets chopped in half and you see like the eyeball drop out you know part of me was just like well that's kind of cool gross but cool and then they started dabbling uh like uh in in the 2000s they started dabbling more and more into the comedy horror genre which i could get behind because it's funny gross but funny uh, the the to me the the sort of the granddaddy of the of, of it all was Shaun of the Dead. Great humor, uh, like uh, the the two thousand four um, part of the uh, the cornetto, cornetto trilogy uh, directed by Edgar White and, and uh, Simon Pegg. So the writing was phenomenal. Uh, the 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 joke spot on, and you know it was it it was had that little bit of scare edge to it, but not like make you like run out of the room like what apparently barbarian sounds like it's going to make you do uh so the one that really grabbed me uh and just just wouldn't let go was was zombie land just so like it it gave birth to so many so many of the the horror uh the, the zombie uh staples like double always double tap uh always carry toilet paper all, all of the rules and surviving a zombie apocalypse. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg, uh, he was perfect as uh, as uh, what the hell is he it? Uh, Columbus. Columbus. Yes. Uh, and then you uh, had uh, Woody Harrelson as Tallahassee. Uh, Emma Stone uh, as well. They, Wichita. they were fit. which get yeah, Thank you for Trevor, but he's got it right on his fingertips, doesn't he? I just watched the movie like a couple days ago. So, oh well, there you go. Uh, Just, just so many subtle, subtle things in this movie. Do you guys remember the supermarket scene where uh, uh, you know Tallahassee's got the 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 gardening shears? He's, He's 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 the the big zombie kind of starts running towards him. So you know he's after Twinkies, right? There's Twinkies on the shelf. He he runs past them. And he never gets his Twinkie until you know he was busy. <laughs> but it was, but uh, it was, it was the combination of of uh, great one liners, uh, great action, and possibly some of the grossest zombies I think I've ever seen. Uh, like the black ichor kind of like leaking from their mouths and, and shit like that. That was that that was squeamishly disgusting. But I could watch that movie again and again. I can't get Amanda to watch it, even though I'm trying to kind of. Give her a gentle ease into the comedy horror genre. Uh, I am going to try to get her to watch uh, Cabin in the Woods at some point. That's uh, a <clears throat> that's a that's a that's a great homage to Sco- the Scooby-Doo gang, honestly, just without the dog and more gore. But Zombie Lands was was my uh, my pick this week.
3: All right. So when it came down to uh, my choice, um, I was perplexed because I wanted to talk about the scariest movie that I had seen. And it actually took me to practically Thursday of this week to figure out what I was going to talk about because I just kept going through every single thing. And like in Trevor's top 10 list, I had a list of like 30 some odd movies that I had written out and I'm like, okay, which one, which one's the scariest. And I just, I didn't make, Them in order. I just started writing out movies that I thought was okay, this is scary. This has got some cool stuff. This is all that. And it took me forever to dwindle it down to what I wanted to do. And then I, I mean, I didn't want to talk on about my favorite horror film because it's the number three on my top 10, American World from London. I've talked ad nauseum about American World from London. It's just part of my makeup. American World from London will always be the best. So that I didn't want to rehash that once again. Uh, Nightmare on Animal Street is up in my top 10. And again, I've talked on about that as well. So I wanted to come approach something new that I hadn't really discussed a lot about and a genre of film that I actually enjoy within the horror um, genre. And um, I decided to watch again for the unknown time and all that, because I've just lost track of how many times I've saw this movie. But um, this is a movie that I saw back in 1999, uh, summer of 1999, I believe was the end of July. And I believe I saw this movie with uh, Derek, Tour and Trevor as well, um, if I remember correctly. Uh, we went out to buy tickets to see the movie we weren't able to get to the early showing because you know it was a time when you couldn't buy tickets online very easily so we bought tickets for a late show so we decided to go to Boston Pizza and scarf down as much food to satisfy us and then go to the movie afterwards and um, as we sat through this whole entire movie um, the meal just didn't settle well with me uh this was a handheld camera movie, motion sickness, and a little upsetting, and threw me right off. And I will tell you that the Blair Witch Project scared the crap out of me. Now, a lot of it was because of the situation I was in. Um, I the pizza? Had, the, the pizza definitely, definitely had everything to do with uh, my uneasiness throughout the sitting of this movie. Uh, It's only like an 81-minute long movie and all that. But I was so caught up into it because we actually got caught up into the whole entire, like, the promotional stuff, all the online stuff. It was one of the first movies that had done viral marketing before viral marketing was even an actual thing. Um, They just, we went to the website. We saw all the like the history of what these three kids that have gone missing there was posters and all that that they had printed up that uh, have you seen these missing kids and all that we went and saw all the archive footage by using quotes footage of what the blair witch was what went on in uh, the blair in in the witch uh, the blair um Uh, area and all that and what it meant so we had more information about the movie that wasn't actually given to you in the movie I mean it was very subtle it was very whatnot but we had more information and when stuff happened and all that I will tell you that closing shot of Michael standing in the corner with his face turned to the corner chilled me to the bones and I will without a word of a lie had nightmares for at least three months not like every single night but for about three months running I would have nightmares where that shot I would have in my dreams and I would always wake up in a darkened room and not convince myself that I was still asleep that shot of Michael standing in the corner in black and white knowing what was about to happen to the person holding the camera and all that which is something that they don't really explain much in the movie they hint at sort of things but if you did your research beforehand you found out what the reason why that he was standing in the corner sort of thing and it was it just chilled me to the bone and to this day even when I even think of it or I I'm just going through like pictures of like the cast and all that sort of thing if I see a photo of that final shot of Michael standing in the corner facing the, the corner of the wall, the skin, I start to get goose pimples on my skin and all that. The hairs on the back of my neck sometimes stand up. And as I was figuring out what I was going to do, I was like, okay, I'm going to write up something quickly to see it and all that. And then I was coming to the scene, and that final scene and hairs back on the neck started to stand up and all that. So I loved that movie. And I, so was put off at the time scene and again it was the situation i was sitting there in a movie theater it was a pack theater too because it was opening weekend it was it was the four of us right Trevor? it was
1: it was i had the big brute at boston pizza
3: yeah that's right that's right yeah and we scarfed down <laughs> a lot of food and in comparison between the other three guys and me i'm a very small guy but i can eat packing a lot of food as well so But we also had to rush it because we only had like an hour and a bit to Mm -hmm. get to our next showing and all that. So we Mm -hmm. thought, ah, sure, we got plenty of time. And of course, it took forever to get the food, and then we're all like shoving it down. And then you're sitting in this packed theater. It's the middle of summer, even though the air conditioner is on. It's it's and it's one of the smaller Mm -hmm. theaters, I believe, as well that we were sitting in. And And uh, so it was just and the shaky cam and like like oh oh man, thank God. But it's such a beautifully done movie. And then when you go back and find out what how it actually was done and what it actually went into, because I mean you know you're not going to watch a snuff film. They're not going to release a snuff film. But the work that they put into putting this thing made it such an amazing um, uh, project to be part of, just was so good. And that's why I, I will always go back to Blair Witch as one of my favorite horror films so that's that's the horror film that i went through this uh this weekend so that's one weekend.
0: that i saw with the new bride uh, you know a couple years after the honeymoon but this was one month before my oldest daughter was born and so we were, <laughs> we were in hawaii watching this one and right. it was yeah it was a good experience one thing i liked about it was it did seem like it was almost a snuff film Mm-hmm. And from a filmmaker point of view, you realize: wait a second, you can actually release a theatrical release with like handheld cams and.
1: Like well, this this movie is credited with revival found footage found like footage technique and mm-hmm. yeah, exactly, storytelling. Yeah. So a lot of yeah. other films are came out because of this film. Yeah, yeah, and the, also the fact that they film they made this film for a budget of like half a million dollars, and pulled in like almost two hundred and fifty million dollars. I mean, yeah. every di- distribution company was like, "We gotta make some found fi- footage films." Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and I think yeah. what made this film work is we never saw the witch, ever. Yeah, there was so much alluded to. Wasn't there one shot?
3: Wasn't nope. There. We... actually, actually, there was actually supposed to be a shot, but the sequence when they're running through the forest and they're like the camera, like they're running through the forest, the camera was supposed to turn and see apparently the director was supposed to be dressed up in some sort of costume to scare them that was supposed to be off to the side. So you just get a glimpse of it. But the camera footage never captured him. So they never got yeah. the shot that they wanted. Oh. But, I, yeah. I
1: think that's what made it so successful is-
3: Exactly, yeah. We
1: never saw the witch. Mm-hmm. And at the very end when she's standing there with the camera and you see Josh in the corner and she's calling out to him. And I bet every person in that theater was like, wait a second they were always murdered in pairs and one had to stand in the corner Stand in the corner yeah he's standing in the corner what she and yeah. it's like the camera's knocked to the side and it's still focused on him in the corner yeah and you're hearing sounds and you're like oh yeah
3: uh, oh dude you explain it you explain it to me it's getting me like chills and all that yeah yeah
1: and i remember sitting like when we were in the audience like, like in the audience and at that people were just freaking out they're like he's standing in the corner he's standing and then when the camera gets knocked over i remember there was like a girl like halfway down the road from her. just she let out like a soul-piercing yeah she
3: i was just about to say it was a definite shriek yeah and it was a fantastic way to end that movie
1: and the fact that a movie ends right there and people are and i just remember thinking they never showed the witch not once so it's all left to your imagination what she looks like
0: what she can do yeah, it's weird because I have a clear image in my head. I haven't seen this movie for a long time, but I have an image. So if that's the image my brain created, that's amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of those Mandela effects of people like, oh yeah, I I, I saw the witch and the she was never in it. So yeah. Um and it's it's kind of cool that you know people will come up with their own um you know version of what this witch looks like. But there's no, there's no witch. There's,
3: exactly, yeah. I mean, subsequently, um, they made uh, video games based on the three different storylines that make up the Blair Witch mm-hmm. uh, storyline. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just, yeah. But that's one thing. That's one of the reasons why that movie stuck with me so much yeah. because now, the of I think experience have seen it.
1: The 2016 remake, yeah. they actually put the witch behind her at one point. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the, yeah. the, that's the image a lot of people see. Uh, Mm -hmm. But the the closest thing they had to that is like that stick scarecrow thing. Yeah, that's the closest you because you'd see them hanging there. Um, But yeah, yeah, that was
3: also that was along with a bunch of the promotional and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. But we we never got to see her. And I think the original never showed. That's what made that that film so successful. It's almost like Jaws. The less you show the shark, the more terrifying it is.
3: Exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, okay, so what are you going to talk about, Trevor? I have a couple. So I'm going to first talk about, it's a 2014 film called It Follows, which initially I thought it was a comedy because it was just so over-the-top stupid. Um, basically, in a nutshell, it's um, the ghost of STD. Um oh, It Follows, it's like yes. Yeah, it's the whole thing, thing that okay, yeah, um, yeah. if you have sex you have passed on the curse to the person you had sex with and now they have the the it is basically it'll be someone that they know or into some relation to in some way just walks towards them and get close to them get their hands on them it'll kill them and it has sex with their corpse sort of thing and then it'll go after the person previous so this whole thing follows this this girl uh i just saw what the hell's her name jay yeah, Jay. Um, so, you know, she she falls for this guy. They have sex. And she wakes up and she's like tied to a wheelchair. Because he's trying to prove to her that this is real. This this it is real. And so, and he explains the rules that, you know, you, to get rid of it, you got to have sex with somebody. And then it'll go after them. But if it kills them, it'll then go after you. So you want to get further down that chain if possible. Um, and, but, you know, with the help of her friends, they do this whole thing like... It comes after a couple times, and like, um, you know, the, the the person following the it sometimes is naked, um, but no one else can see it. But the person in it, that it's after that it's targeted, but it can physically af- affect the world around it, so it can like push people out of the way. But they can also push it. So at one point, they like throw a sheet over its head, and they like shoot it in the head and push it into a pool and shit like that. Um, but it just seemingly recovers and still keeps coming after them. As I said. This movie was funny to me. It was just like, you know i'm I'm thinking like, okay, if you can throw a sheet over it and you can shoot it in the head, throw a sheet over it, wrap it up in a rope, and just hang it somewhere. It ain't getting down. No one's gonna help it. Anyways, um, yeah, so movie was a fun watch. It was as I said more of a comedy to me than anything else. It was a very successful movie. Um, I do recommend it as a light horror movie because it's really not that scary. Um, you know, maybe some jumpish sort of scares. But but yeah, so that would be a horror movie recommendation. Um, then we go on a little less of the lighter side. This one just came out in 2021. Uh, I just saw it on, on Peacock uh, because it's streaming. The Black Phone. As a parent, this movie kind of disturbed me. Because it's all about... uh, This takes place in 1978. um, And there's a masked uh, child abductor serial killer named The Grabber. Who's going around grabbing kids off streets. And so we got this guy Finney. This young kid Finney who's kind of bullied at school. um, And his sister Gwen who has like like psychic dreams. But their dad's uh, an alcoholic. Doesn't believe them. Kind of, you know, just a real dick. Um, Anyway... um, So this grabber, you know, grabs one of Finney's friends and then grabs another of his friends and then eventually grabs Finney himself. And he wakes up and he is in a soundproof basement um, and on the wall is a disconnected black rotary phone. So for anyone, you know, born in more of the digital age, they were like, what's a rotary phone? Why, how do you die? Anyways, that's not the point, Um, but you know, it doesn't work. But when he picks it up, the phone rings, he picks it up and he can hear, uh, you know, voices. And one of them is this, one of the kids, Bruce, it's his ghost telling him that, you know, how to escape, how to how he can ro- to dig a tunnel to escape. And every time the phone rings, it's another victim with more information. Um. So at one point they tell him, you know, don't go upstairs because the grabber there is actually awake and waiting for you to go up the stairs so he can beat you with the belt. Kind of like break your will, sort of thing. Meanwhile, there's a couple of detectives kind of going around trying to canvass the neighborhood. And at one point, they speak to the brother of the grabber, who doesn't realize that his brother's the grabber and that it's the kid's in his basement, sort of thing. Um, but this was such a difficult movie to watch as a as a parent because you're like, what if that was my kid? Um, and yeah, this was. Initially, it could have just been like, "Oh, a guy who's you know, child abductor." But they, when they added the the twist with the phone connecting to all the the victims, that and each were like, one gives them a combination to a to, to a lock, the other says, you know, you can use this, like you know, this item is over here, sort of thing. It was almost like a video game in a way, where you're give, being given hints that there's no way you would know know yourself. Um, it was such. Uh, I'm not going to say a fun movie, but it was a very enlightening movie. But again, as a parent, it was a difficult movie to watch because you're like, the fact that these sorts of people do exist. um, Yeah. So it made it a little bit tougher to watch. But it is a movie I do recommend. Uh, Ethan Hawke as the grabber. He is
3: creepy as shit.
1: He is. And the mask he he wears. It it is very fucking creepy and a, a great movie to watch on Halloween watch it at night, watch it alone, watch with some popcorn, you're all good. Leading me to my third movie. Do not watch at night, do not watch alone, <laughs> watch while eating anything. In fact, if you can have the stomach for it, wait until after and see if you're, if you're hungry. This movie is the 2022 film called Barbarian.
3: Okay, Trevor, uh-huh. um, I know we're a spoiler cast.
1: Uh-huh. but i'm not going to spoil this one i'm not going to spoil. okay good
3: one. good okay because i i want i mean if all four of us is in the movie i'd i put a big warning at the beginning yeah. saying hey anyone but listening to i'm this? not going to spoil
1: this one because this okay, is a good, movie good, people good, need okay. to experience on their own
3: yeah no um, yeah so
1: yeah. i watched this movie with zero information ahead i did not know anything about this movie and from the title i was like oh it's going to be like a sword and sorcery conan sort of style movie it is not a sword and sorcery conan movie I'll tell you, that's the only spoiler I'm going to, there is no Conan swinging a sword anywhere in this film. Um, just, no, mm -mm, it's not going to happen. So, so take that thought, rip it right out of your head because you'll just be disappointed. Um, this movie is violent. This movie is kind of terrifying in some of the subject matter. Um, There are some surprising characters in this film. Um, Justin Long's in this film. Bill Skarsgård's in this film. Um, oh
3: yeah, I see what you mean. I see what you mean by characters. I'm like, what yeah. do you mean by characters? But also, I mean, the characters that they play. Yeah, yeah, they play. Characters that
1: they play are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, um, yeah, there's just some 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 difficult, and this movie has an interesting thing. Or it's not a long movie. It's about an hour and a half, and. Mm-hmm. There's a point where the movie goes along, and this just suddenly does like a hard pivot, and a character that you had seen before that you're like, oh, does the hard pivot on you, and you're like, what? what?" And it leaves you kind of like on shifty ground. You're not sure where you are at that point in terms of like, who the hell do I trust? Who the hell do am I cheering for at this moment?
3: It's, yeah no i i see i know what i know what you're trying to say and what you're trying to avoid saying yeah i'm trying to avoid yeah. saying because okay, yeah, I, yeah, I really yeah, don't yeah, want to yeah.
1: spoil this for people because yeah when enough people have seen this film i will be happily to spoil a out of it for those who don't want to see it but oh, for sure yeah, yeah this is this is a movie that if you have the opportunity to watch it please do mm. just follow my rules not at night not alone and not yeah. after you've eaten something or while you're eating something you're, yeah. you're not going to be yeah. happy So that's all I'm going to say about it. But I, again, this is a movie that has started with it was a low budget, but has actually made a fair amount. This this movie has made almost ten times as much money as it cost to make.
3: Yeah, which is it had a fantastic theatrical release. And again, like when I told you guys about this, because it just got released this week onto Disney Plus, which is fantastic that we got to see it on Disney. Um, But yeah, it was, and again when i was like oh it's on disney i gotta see if these guys like i wanted to put together a watch party for us all to watch it but i knew that was going to be impossible for the four of us to get together just yeah i mean even if we did all want to watch it which because i know someone in this t- chat is not even going to consider going near watching this but i mean
4: <laughs> <Gavin>. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but uh yeah because every single time i've heard other podcasts talk about this movie they didn't want to spoil it they wanted to make sure that you experience it the way that yeah. me and Trevor experience this with yeah, no that's, going into it. Yeah. I,
1: it's why I'm, I'm I'm being very vague about the plot and about the yeah. characters because there's yeah. This was a movie that I again not expecting mm-hmm. what I was given, um, and I couldn't even guess. So some of the plot twists and turns yeah. got me completely flat-footed. Now looking back, all that they do a really good job of foreshadowing some of these big plot points but they obscure them in such a way you just kind of dismiss them until after it happens. you're like oh yeah of course i should have seen that coming because of this and uh, so it's it's almost worth watching it a second time once you know the what, what all that's you know all the players and all the particulars and catching all that foreshadowing because they do a beautiful job of putting it in there
3: I, I have the advantage of being able to watch it a second time with uh, Adrian because I think I've convinced her to actually watch it with me, but I couldn't wait for her to be able to watch it with me. So I watch it by myself, which again, was a stupid thing to do and I <laughs> no, the rule. but yeah, so but it'll be nice because I'm going to see if I can maybe record her reactions because she's always entertaining to listen to when you do that sort of thing. So yeah. who knows in the future episode, there might be something. Of uh, that there so So, So here's a
0: question for you guys I got a question Um, given what I had said my views on these kind of Mm -hmm. horror movies and thriller movies and all that kind of stuff like is there an anchor point with some morality that makes it happy like the Punisher coming in and killing everyone or Dirty Harry blowing away the bad guys like is
1: there I'm not going to say
3: yeah yeah i can't tell you that either mike that gives a giant
1: plot point if i say anything to that effect so
3: either way if we say yes or no it it taints the actual experience of the movie i'm sorry yeah
1: i'm gonna say this mike if you get the opportunity to see it see
0: it
3: yeah
1: this this movie i believe is one of the biggest
0: sleepers of this year yeah like it's for me the genre i'm just not into it i
1: I know it's it's not a genre you like but honestly this is the sort of movie that in a couple of years after you know all the secrets are given away and people are going to be like it's going to be in the public consciousness you're going to be kicking yourself for not seeing it sooner
3: yeah exactly that's a good point because it is it's it's well acted it's well written it's well produced it's It's such a well put together experience too. And the fact that you got to take this in consideration, Mike, that the actual audience out there that is doing this is basically going, no, we're not going to spoil this. We want you to experience this for yourself because if we tell you anything, it's going to taint, it's not going to make it as enjoyable. It's you've got to see it. And then, I mean, we're not telling. We're not going to hold you down. We're not going to frigging go clockwork orange you, strap you to a chair with your eyes <laughs> open, and make, force you to watch this movie. Why
0: can't we, Gavin? No, I, yeah. I'm just <laughs> say saying something, Gavin. Yeah, say something.
1: This is a movie that I feel is going to embed. How it should
0: into
2: I say the, something?
0: The, the, the <laughs> social
1: environment that we live in. I hope that picks up. And if we, if you don't see it, there's you're going to miss some of the the yeah. connotations that it it, it entails. I mean, you might get a, a general understanding, but you're going to miss a lot of the subtle details. So,
3: mm-hmm. and I have a feeling I'm probably still going to jump at some of the sequences and all that. And
1: I'm I'm going to say right now that scene in Jaws when Ben Hicks comes swinging down through the hole in the boat. Yeah, he still jumps. exactly. Even I know it's you coming. Know, the, the, but, music, yeah. the music sets it up, and I'm like, "Here yeah. he comes! Here he comes!" And he swings through, and I
3: still still jump. Yeah, every. Yeah. Goddamn time! Great example. I've that's seen that a great so many times oh,
1: yeah. I can repeat yeah. the dialogue. So, yeah, mm-hmm. jump scares are jump scares; they just happen. Yeah, shows you're alive. Yeah, I. That's my 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 recommendation is just watch it. This I feel this movie is going to be big enough of a phenomenon for this year that, yeah, because the fact that the audience is telling other people, no, no, I'm not going to tell you what the the the, the, yeah. the story. You got to go see it for yourself. That should be a good indicator.
0: I'm mm-hmm. still not yeah. sold.
1: It's like again, you know, someone, someone coming out of you know out of the theater after Star Wars and they're like, "What happened? Stuff, things. Go see it." You're really good really? Wars. Skywalker's
2: father.
0: No, that's it. that's that's Empire Strikes Back.
1: <laughs> jeez, Gavin, that
0: Come guy on. coming out of Star Wars is a jerk, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: jeez. <laughs> coming of Star Wars going. Lucas made her son, and people are like, What? How what? did that? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, the guy <laughs> with the 18 wheeler style, style ship has a better chance of being his son.
3: <laughs> All right. Well, what's next on the uh, docket here? Uh Oh, Quantum Leap. <laughs> All right. Oh, oh, oh. I could get into some Quantum Leap. Oh, yeah.
1: Settle in, Mike. Settle in. Monday was the most recent. Um. Uh, episode of quantum leap that was it amazing um so it was dealing with the the 1989 earthquakes in san francisco which by the way i remember watching tv and you know waiting for this game to start and then there's like you know the whole disruption and you see like you know section of the freeway had fallen and it yeah. was just like yeah. holy I, I remember just as a kid just be like what the, you know it's the first time i've ever seen an earthquake you know that disruptive and by the way, uh, they just got hit by an earthquake, I think, earlier this week, like a five point one or something like that. Anyway, oh, really? wow. Um, uh, yeah. i now I personally have been through two earthquakes. I am not a fan of the experience, and I would rather do like a hurricane or something. Tornado or, 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 like earthquakes suck. Uh there was the one we had at, at uh White Oaks Boulevard yeah, White Oaks Boulevard on the 15th yeah. floor. That was a That's little nervous. right,
3: yes. That was that was not we thought yeah. it was
1: blasting across the street for the you know the new buildings over at sheridan no no that was a, a minor tremble through the canadian shield and i had one in philadelphia just shortly after uh, josie was born and i was standing by the door and she was my arm and i you could just feel like a low rumble and i just came out of the house and i remember walking out the side of the street now we were living in row houses and i look back and all the row houses are just kind of sh- shifting side to side and you could feel the ground under my feet kind of doing it as well and i'm like this is not good this and then it it, you know settled and then all the news agencies were blaring you know with the earthquake and i was just like oh i don't want to do this again
0: yeah we had a couple in berkeley when i was there and it feels like it's some sort of construction vehicle doing something or like drilling there it's like what the hell is that all the locals are like oh it's just an earthquake oh great yeah it's like it's
1: it's just like flying monkeys attack um you guys are way too nonchalant about that oh yeah so, anyways, back to Quantum Leap. So, uh, yeah, so uh, the main character, uh, Ben, Ben, yeah, he's there during the the the, the big earthquake, um, and he's there to help his estranged his his person. He's in his estranged wife, and they got to find their kid before the kid dies, because he's gone back home to Oakland, and so they have to like go through a subway tunnel. Is is estranged wife is a doctor, and. They save some people on Glaive that she gets hurt and he uses like CPR to restart her heart. Anyways, um meanwhile, back in the present, they have figured out the identity of the mystery leaper. Uh, leaper X. Leaper X, who is a marine stationed at Camp Pendleton, but he has no knowledge of the project. So that means he hasn't left yet. So and i think that's why they also had him identify ben as ben of 2022 that way he'd know you know so he could be like uh richard of you know 28 2028 or something like that so uh, anyway, martinez or, martinez yeah, he, his, his, name his Martin first name Martin. is richard richard martinez Oh, richard
3: martinez yes yeah. sorry i apologize yes
1: um so yeah so they and they also make the realization that ben is trying to slingshot himself into the future. That's why he's going so far back into the past to kind of slingshot himself with enough momentum forward as he makes these skips forward. So eventually he's going to hit somewhere in the future. So I still say he's going after Sam. At
3: at least that's their theory.
1: That's their theory. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Did I like the episode? Not really. It was kind of lackluster. I mean, it's, how to explain i mean an earthquake has just happened people did not look panicked enough like i don't think they they, they got the point through to the extras to like be more panicked um so yeah it was is that and again a lot of say not show was going on so i know there's what two episodes left in the season this is a short no
3: they got they got no they got they got a full 18 episodes this season they Remember, they got the 10. Yeah, there was supposed to be eight episodes, and then NBC um, asked for the next 10 to be produced. I thought that's so, season two. No, oh, no, this is for season one. They get a full 18 episodes this season. So,
4: okay. okay. It was
3: originally supposed to be eight. So, they're going back into production now. So, we'll, I think after the eight episodes, there's going to be a break for like a month or so, and then they're going to air the final 10 episodes after, or they'll, they'll air like four and then take a break and then another four to end off. Okay, so, yeah. okay.
1: I think it's, yeah, so 18 episodes total, I guess, then?
3: Yeah, yeah. First season will be 18 episodes, yeah.
1: But the thing is, is did they write the eighth episode as being the end of the season? Or,
3: as far as I know, as far as I know, they had scripted the amount of episodes that they are now going to do. So basically, NBC was just going to air the first eight to see how well it took off because the ratings actually have been uh, a lot more, I think, more phenomenal than they thought they were going to be. And again, it's network nowadays which the numbers are not really that impressive but they're impressed with the numbers that they're getting in the time slot that they've been given and at the uh, the the age group that they're hitting which is so it's hitting their targets right on the nose on every single thing so NBC has decided to continue on with uh, backing this version of quantum leap so all right okay yeah Interesting to um, I, I myself am gonna say that I I'm now settling into the two story stories, following uh, Ben on his leap, and then following what's happening at Quantum Leap headquarters. I understand when we were growing up, we only, the one storyline was perfect for us to do, because that's how the conscience of the world was. We could follow one storyline and be entertained for a whole entire hour while we follow this one guy doing all this thing as someone else. Nowadays, the audience, because it is a much younger audience that they're shooting to, they're shooting to the same audience that was interested in Quantum Leap back in when it originally aired. So the attention span needs more of a storyline to be there. So that's why we're getting a dual storyline. That's why we're getting the, Hey, why is, yeah, exactly. And again, I'm hitting the fact that we have this i'd love to have hey let's just follow ben and have like little rumblings of what's going on in the back but again it's the way they make television now it's the audience that they're shooting towards so i'm adapting to that i'm not really enjoying it as much but because i'm starting to like ben a lot more i am liking uh, the i wish i could come off with his name off the top of my head right now but um i'm enjoying this actor um addison is a little i'm starting to like the other crew too i mean ernie hudson can't go wrong with ernie hudson Mm -hmm. love almost anything that ernie hudson is involved with and ernie hudson is playing ernie hudson which is fantastic so that's that's good and all that i like the sci-fi aspect to it i do like that well first of all this had jewel state in it as the um soon to be ex-wife maybe not ex-wife from firefly and all that so it's really nice to see a, a canadian pop up in any sort of regular television um but um it, this was actually the first episode that was not shot on a sound stage they actually went to a location now like you said trevor how people didn't look very surprised and all that this episode was still shot under covid quarantine so you couldn't have a lot of people oh, i i, right I wasn't
1: there. worried about the number of people it was just they didn't seem to be in distress. Acting well that no, I much also distress I
3: don't think they could lend enough time to that part of the story to show that this whole entire city is dealing with and yes it did look like a very light version of the earthquake which definitely should have uh, decimated a lot uh, more yeah, it's an earthquake exactly yeah 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 and I'll agree with you there it didn't have the impact that it should have had but I still I, I'm, I'm going to forgive a lot more because I am starting to enjoy the series obviously a lot more than you but I'm understanding why they're doing it the way they are. Because again, it's the audience they're shooting for nowadays. It's not us. It's not our prequels. It's (laughs) they're shooting towards the six year olds in 99 that are going to be seeing this movie for the first time. That's their quantum leap. This is their quantum leap. And so hopefully I actually
0: disagree, even though I haven't seen the show, I don't think you need to do that kind of stuff to appeal to a new audience. I think, a good story is timeless, no matter what it is
3: no I and I agree with and I agree with you there Mike if we can get the one storyline to be perfectly fine, yes, but I think the network is shooting for the multiple storylines because of the way that like like any sort of regular TV series like your law and orders has one single um like one single storyline throughout each. S- each episode, it's only out of all the law and orders. Only law and order has the two sides. It has the law of the order. Everything else has the one side. Law and order SVU is just the, those guys, uh, law and order, like international or whatever it's called or anything. All that is all just one continuous storyline. God, but I the love audience, the original
0: law and order. <laughs>
3: oh no, the original law and <laughs> order. I love is the so fact good. that they brought it back. I love the fact that they brought back law and order. You've been watching the new law and order. They I back? haven't, no. It is really fun to watch. It is really good. Sam Watterson is back. Sam Bushy-Eye Watterson yeah. is back, and, and, but he's the lead like DA guy, so it's really great. And the guy that played um, the hero in the Hannibal TV series is the DA that does all the, the lawyering in the law part of Law & Order. So it's really, really well done. And the three shows air on the same night. Law and Order, Criminal Intent, no, sorry, not Criminal Intent, Uh, anyways, whatever, but uh, that being said, back to Quantum Leap is, the audience for Law and Order is, like, audiences in their 50s and up, because they can follow the one storyline, so that's why there isn't multiple storylines in it. You go to any other story, any other newer programming, you're going to have multiple characters doing multiple storylines and all that, like, police procedurals, you'll usually follow like three or four storylines with characters and whatnot. So I think they're just trying it with the Conan Leap. I'm not, I would love to see us just focus on the one storyline each time, pull those stories out because that was one of the greatest things about the original Quantum Leap is Scott Bakulo is a fantastic actor and they use that to the advantage of the storytelling of the original series. Scott Bakula could carry an hour long show playing a different character each time because he could do that. We're experiencing Ben not having that ability because he wasn't trained to do that. Addison was the one that was supposed to be doing the time traveling. She would probably be able to adapt better to different timelines. So Ben's just muddling his way through this. I do like that I went back and rewatched the Wild West one again and how he was saying how it is actually him. It had nothing to do with the fighter because they're now making the episodes connected. There's like, the one thing about the original series is that you can watch any episode back and forth. You know, when, you know, when we were kids and, you know, during the summertime, they would have reruns where, mm-hmm. especially on a quantum leap, he would leap out of one body and then you knew which was the episode he leapt into, but they put on a different episode anyway. So he leapt back into it. So it didn't really matter. Um, so you can show them out of order and all that, but, um, this one is being produced and distributed in a chronological order, which makes sense. You want to follow it and find out how Sam gets his memories back slowly, but surely or whatnot, but Ben doing it is he's a fish out of water and the fact that he has no memories and he's gaining them back and he doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing he doesn't have the physical training he doesn't have the mental training he doesn't he just on a again it seemed like a whim that he decided to do this leap but anyways i'm enjoying the series i'm gonna watch i'm gonna continue to watch it if it if it tanks at the end although oh well it was a nice attempt we didn't get to see scott bacula so i'm glad because <laughs> the show turned out to be a like a back the wrong pony sort of thing but I'm going to still be watching it because again, I've still got my old quantum leap that I can watch anytime. So, and that's all I got to say about quantum leap. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mike, what have you been watching le- recently? Take a wild guess. I have wait, wait a pitching. sec. Wait a sec. How do you, how, let me, let me write this out in the notebook. Uh, the. Okay, go ahead. You got it. Yep, I got it.
0: Good the expanse
3: oh, sh- oh shoot! no that was no that's not what i wrote oh
0: porky's revenge no. <laughs> what Debbie was that what was that other one way. you guys came up with anyways yeah. yes the expanse uh, i'm just away? binging it um so i think last we met i was in season, was season three you three? just started season midway three. yeah yeah. And season yeah. 3 was an interesting one. And again, Gavin, maybe you know about this cuz you read the books, but it seemed like it was two stories cuz it took a hard turn midway through and there was a bit of a time skip and everything shifted. But I think like the story was strong. I thought it was done well. Like do you know about that, Gavin? Season 3?
2: Remind me where it is cuz the the books and the shows don't line up exactly.
0: Yeah, and that's what it seemed like. Um, so where were we at? That was... There's the whole thing with uh, like Gunny making her big appearance and Christian being rescued and all that kind of stuff. And then um, the second half of the season... Dealing was like with a time, the ring? Yeah, where it was just like a whole shift of story. Yeah, and that's when Miller comes back, called it. Although he didn't come back in the way that I thought he would. I was expecting uh what's her name? Julie. When she was that kind of crystalline entity kind mm-hmm. of creature. I thought the two of them would be like crystalline entities like that. I was not expecting him to come back as a hey kid, I'm just pushing your buttons. It's all buttons and switches. You know,
2: just doors and corners, doors and corners.
0: Yeah. Um, but all that stuff was really fun. So I thought all of season three was really strong season four was different everybody said that that story took a drop compared to the others
1: that's when netflix took over
0: amazon
3: yeah this is when it went to amazon yeah that was the Amazon amazon news story yeah yeah
0: and apparently the books were the same it was kind of like a lower point in the books i didn't mind the story honestly um i didn't find it as engaging as the first three seasons but it was kind of neat to have a frontier western kind of story. And Amos, like, man, did he ever level up? Like again, you ask who my favorite character is. He keeps getting points, like ding, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Like the amount he of one guy. Yeah. And okay, I'm gonna ask you this and try and answer it without spoiling the end if it if you can. But so Trevor, who's your favorite character in the expanse? I can't say. you know, not allowed to say not those spoilers.
1: Spoilers?
0: I'm not going to say. Damn it. We'll just go from there. Um, In season four, I didn't really like the whole Gunny storyline. It just, it's sort of like what you guys were saying with Quantum Leap, how you got multiple stories happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see her re-engage in that season. I thought it was kind of funny how, you know, she took the job off or after Christian lost the election. Like, yeah, your timing fucking sucks. Or whatever she said. Um. So anyway, season four was interesting. Curious to see where season five's going. Uh, what's his name? Um, uh, the ex-husband of Naomi and her son are wrecking havoc. So that's where I'm at now. But still enjoying the series and still binging it. That's why I don't have time for all these other shows you guys are watching.
2: Uh, I
1: has got to make time. Got to make yeah. it.
2: Marcos uh, is is a bastard, an absolute bastard in the book. Possibly one of the uh, one of the characters I like through the entire like book. He, like he just he's he's like that that the wrestling rabbit that gets away every time. Like, just <laughs> kill the damn rabbit! <laughs>
0: kill, in, the the rabbit kill the rabbit! Kill the rabbit!
2: Mm. Yeah, you'll 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 see why he's.
0: Oh, I believe it. Uh... <laughs> yeah,
1: well, it's it, it's difficult to hear you talk about this, and I'm like, I know how this goes.
3: <laughs> ah. So yeah, and again, like, and again, like, and again, like Babar, and we don't want to we don't want to spoil anything because it is definitely yeah. it's definitely worth the ride. Let's just let's just put it there. It's definitely worth. It's worth getting, getting through it on your own. Yeah. Yeah. You, As I you said, this, don't want to know too the much. The
1: Expanse is a series. I wish I could wipe my memory of it so I could watch it again with fresh eyes. Because it was just such a fun watch. It'd, it'd be great to be able to just binge it and and not know what's coming up next. And Oh,
0: it is great. Yeah. And the thing that really sucks is because every now and then I want to find out some more details because that's the kind of brain I have. It's like, oh, I want to look up this. It's like, no, I can't. I can't look up anything. It's like, no, what's it's the ship's name? I can't look it up. Oh, like, don't you know, look it up until end. Don't look at anything. Yeah, you know. and I've said this before in the other podcast, but it has all the science fiction tropes. Like everything should be pretty predictable, but the story's not, and I think that's beautiful. Like all the characters are legit archetypes, but you don't know what they're going to do next. You don't know where the storyline's going to go, and that's amazing. But yeah,
3: that was uh, that is one of the fascinating things about the whole entire thing yeah
0: and then all the different amos quotes that have come up lately like where he's with the doctor and the doctor is, or the minister is saying it's like well oh, you know i'm here because i have to do what i have to do and say like, yeah me too and you know just the connotations of what that means um season four where he gets his girlfriend and it's like i'll never lie to you <laughs> right and then once she picks the wrong side it's like i told you i'd never lie to you right well, I'm going to go through you if I have to. And he does. Mm -hmm. Um, Man of his word. So many good one-liners from him. It's so good. Like he's becoming like my spirit animal. It's great. (laughs) He's like the Frank Castle in space. I saw people online comparing him as like the expanse Chewbacca. And I think that's a really good uh, comparison.
2: Well, there's a, there's a great line in the books uh, early on where, uh, Naomi is asking, uh, I think, I think, I think it was Naomi asking Amos, uh, it's like, well, but how, how do you govern yourself? What, like, what do you, what do you, what guides you in determining what's right and wrong? And he, he stops, he thinks, and basically he goes, I think what Jim Holden would about what Jim Holden would do. And then I do that because that's usually the right thing.
0: Yeah. It's been interesting like how he gets all his best friends, like the, um, the botanist, you know, where, yeah, he's my best friend. You know, I'm, I'm gonna make sure he's okay with the, the minister. Say, like, I'm not gonna let anybody hurt you. you no, know, and you can tell that he means it. It's so good. Such a great character.
2: There's uh one of one of one of the one of the things that I like the most about The Expanse, is uh like shows like Star Trek and and. Uh, star wars and stuff like that you know like the, there's you know warp drives and this that and the other thing and you, it's like okay well that's that's science fiction that's clearly science fiction and i can get behind that They don't they don't explain how warp drive works it just this is just it the uh the expense the technology that they use like uh it it feels feasible within our lifetime that's that's what i like the most about it the uh like depth steam drive sure like maybe maybe that's you know a couple of Centuries away kind of thing, but just the, the physics they use, like ships are rocketing to off to off somewhere. Then they spin the ship around 180 to start breaking, uh, like the, the G forces, they have to act, actually have like the, the juice pumped into them to keep them conscious while they're like doing six, seven, eight G's. Like, it yeah. just feels like this is so, the, the technology that the, the, the physics are real. This is something that's believable. You know, like in, in Star Trek, you know, like the enterprise skids to a halt. Nobody goes splatting into the into the screen because the ring they, is full of,
1: of, of raspberry. In, jam.
2: Inertial dampeners, you know the the the, the catch all technology uh, red herring they use to basically explain <laughs> the the physics away.
0: Unlike the sphere inside the ring, it's like everybody
2: stop. Oh, oh <laughs> it's yes, on the windshield, uh, man. Okay, uh, Troy, are you there as well? Have you have you? Okay, so you you've made it to the ring. Like where they've oh, gone? Yeah, no, no, no. Rock.
3: I've, I've watched. I've, I'm, I'm, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Okay. So the, uh, so, so that, that, uh, that, that spacer guy basically just rocketing past. He's like jamming in the, in the, into high gear, and then, splash. Oh my.
1: Yeah. You know, I, 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 you I got I, the jam.
2: Like I, uh, I when I read that in the book, it's just like, oh, that sounds, oh. Oh, that because they he didn't they didn't go to, go into a lot of detail. It was just like, oh yeah, they were just they would be scraping them off inside, but they they showed it in beautiful, glorious Technicolor of what what that would happen, and uh, like the whole thing with the uh, with the ships all entering the ring at like either fast speeds or or uh, whatever speeds they were going at, like just suddenly stopping in like with the, with with the 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 rings inertial dampener and the the book that the, there's so many more casualties so many more casualties uh and of course it's all thanks to Jim Holden <laughs> you know the the greatest the, the greatest uh you know uh you know do to ever stick his dick in anything <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, what wasp nest is he going to stick his dick into today? Oh, dear. Oh, dear. That's not good.
1: Yeah, I remember when when the, the splat happened in The Expanse. I just remember like, oh, oh, yeah. That's just, that's just not, I mean, like the head kind of disappears and there's all that trailing viscera and you're just like, oh. He's not getting away from that one. That's that's a jumbo band-aid situation.
0: <laughs> and that was great storytelling the way they did it, because they made that belter guy so likable with the rock and roll music playing and mm-hmm. you know he, he seemed like a you know phantom menace I mean, pod racing. You know. louder, Yeah, he he yeah, not not as much pod racing after that.
1: No. Um now something else I have watched recently is a movie, it's on Amazon Prime. It's uh from Norway. It's called Mortal. Um, I think in Norwegian, it's Torden or something like that. Anyway, uh, it takes place. There's this young gentleman named Eric who awakens from a nightmare, and um, all the trees outside of his tent have been burned to cinders. Um, and he has like terrible burns on his legs. Um, so he heads into the town for, you know, to get some bandages for his legs. Um, and it, he's just a very. Um, unique guy, and at one point, a bunch of teens stop and start harassing him. And one of the boys goes to push him, and he just says, "If you touch me, you're you're gonna burn." And it's such a weird thing to say to somebody. Um. So the guy, you know, of course, oh, challenge me. So he grabs him by the collar, and then just dies instantly. Like just hits the ground, and he's dead. And uh, you know, it's a great start to a movie. By the way, um. And so, you know, the local police pick this kid up and ask a, psych- uh, a young psychologist to talk to him. Um, he's he his he's American Norwegian, um, and you know, there, there's he's suspect in a fire that happened a while back. And um, the U.S. embassy shows up to take him to America, but he refuses to speak to them. And there's this nice sequence where the sheriff is is telling people about Ragnarok and Thor's children um, and stuff like that. And um, this movie is very heavy in Norse mythology. Um, And it's just the end sequence where he goes into the barn um, and he finds a box of stone and he opens it up and inside are the iron gloves of Thor, his belt of strength and Milner. And you realize he's one of Thor's children. Um, and when he it's what's happened is every time he gets emotional, electrical devices around him start failing. Um, and the the uh uh psychologist basically realizes that his emotions, you know, cause these things. So they gotta try to like, you know, calm him down, help him control these these abilities. But when he gets these three items, it kind of like Unlocks the, it's almost like putting the key in the lock and turning it and opening up that magical box of treasure because he goes walking outside. Um, and the psychologist Christine approaches him. And at this point, the the US have you know they've got some soldiers there surrounding them, and they 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 order uh this guy Hathaway orders them to open fire and a sniper goes to shoot him and, and he misses Eric. But he hits Christine really well. Like, good, beautiful headshot. And it turns out that Eric is not as well control of his emotions when the woman who was helping him learn to control his emotion dies right in front of him. Who knew? Um, so there's like a giant lightning storm, lots of casualties. And the film ends with a newscast stating that uh, a new cult has, has arisen, the cult of Thor, and that this guy Eric is now at large and wanted as a terrorist. And I have to say, this is a movie that could not have been made in the US um, because they would have fucked it up. Like, without an absolute doubt, if Hollywood had got their their claws into this script, they would have fucked it up beyond belief. They probably would have cast some A-lister like Leonardo DiCaprio or something. This cast works so well because, for the most part, it's a lot of unknowns. And they let the movie unfold at a reasonable pace. It doesn't feel rushed. You don't feel out of the loop. I've watched it dubbed. um, And eventually I just turned off the dub and put on the subtitles. Um, And because the the original actors, their voices work. It it just this this movie is so much fun to watch. So if you get the opportunity on Amazon Prime to watch this film, I heartily recommend it. I hope to God they do a sequel because this movie deserves a sequel. It is so much fun to watch.
2: I'm just watching the trailer and uh wow by the director of uh, troll hunter too.
1: Exactly, which is how I got it kind of got you know to it, like because I was just like, Oh, well, what's this? Because someone had said, Have you seen this movie? And I was like, Oh, what's this? And so I watched the trailer and I was like, No, but I need to watch this, I really do need to watch this film. So I'm I was you know, searching online, like what streaming services hold this, then eventually it was like, Oh, it's now. On Amazon Prime. If you're a subscriber of Amazon Prime, go watch it. I was like, "Thank you, I will." And uh, yeah, it's again. This is this is a, this is a movie that could not have been made in the U.S. It just wouldn't have worked. They wouldn't they wouldn't have treated it the same way, and they would have either gone way over the top, or you know, really badly the other way.
3: So too far off the mark. You're saying yeah. yeah. Now, uh, correct me. Um, I, 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 I'm sorry, but uh, is this this isn't in English? Correct.
1: Um, you can watch it in English, um, okay. but you can like the, there's a dubbed version, um, okay. but you can watch the the original with the subtitles
3: and yeah yeah okay all right yeah it, it, I mean it is originally done in its own in its native language. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, cool. Um, all right. Now
1: it's funny because at some point they do use English. Um, oh I see um, but it yeah, it just it was such a great movie to watch it really was it was so much fun so yeah if you get the chance to watch it I I recommend this movie I can't I can't give it enough recommendations Um, because I think on Amazon it's only in initially it was only in English Um, but then Like, out of the blue, it came in, like, it was available as the dubbed. Um, So, yeah. So, yeah, please, please watch it.
3: And how how long is it? Uh, Just over an hour, I think, not
1: quite two hours, like an hour 45.
3: Okay, okay. So, it's a half decent length, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: And it's, yeah, it's such a fun movie. So, if you get the chance to watch it, please do.
3: All right. And that was Mortal. Selling...
2: Mortal. Yeah. Trailer's definitely selling me on it.
1: Yeah it's, it's, yeah. it's looking good. Yeah. And it's, it's, it was funny. I watched this movie and then I was thinking again back onto Black Adam. Um, and I'm still thinking of like, what kind of balls does <laughs> Waller need? That, that she's operating well outside of the U.S., and trying to dictate terms to a non-US citizen about where he can and cannot go and how she has the right to just imprison him for reasons um it's just like yeah, i i don't i just don't see that happening i really don't like you know waller showing up in japan and telling like you know like the some samurai hero oh well yeah you're just too powerful so we're going to imprison you i don't think so lady uh, I th- I think you need to go back and hide in the U.S. Otherwise, I'll come find you. Like, yeah, I just... I feel in the movie Black Adam, she was really overstepping for no no conceivable reason. So, yeah. And then I watched this movie, and then it's, the, again, the U.S. like, oh, well, we'll just take him out. Oh, uh, really? Uh, and, uh, did, did you even contact the local government and see what they say? oh okay yeah you'll just uh, you'll you'll check with them after the fact
0: oh look giant electrical storm oops hey i've got something for a show and tell uh, so we got a show I, and tell. what's well, a good thing yeah. this is
3: a visual medium
0: yeah so we can discuss the visuals for the audio listeners but as many people may have known i have not had a cell phone my entire life i had to get one for work and so i got myself a flip and if i had to, to get a flip I decided I would get the full-on interface. Nice. So <laughs> it's the full-on Star Trek Next Generation tricorder interface. It has all the little bells and whistles. All like you can. Did all the, all the buttons work. All the buttons work. can have awesome. them to all your different apps. Um, I show this to my daughter, my oldest daughter, Annika. And because everybody mocks me because I've never used a cell phone. So anytime I have to use one, I don't know what to do. So it's said, Hanukkah, check this out. It's like, oh, dad, that's so awesome. Next time someone laughs at you for not knowing how to use the cell phone, you can hand them this and say, yeah, deal with this. I know how to use a tricorder at least. Yeah. (laughs) So anyways, that's my new toy. And I'm having so much
2: fun with this.
3: (laughs) Now, welcome to the future, uh...
0: Michael.
2: Some of the older flip phones would have you could if you open it up, you could actually have them make noises and when you flip them open, yeah. can you customize the sound on that?
0: All or the sounds it- are customized, so it's all the tricorder sounds. Oh, so when it opens it makes the opening sound and everything. and all that kind of stuff yeah. Right. I, I set up the alarm for the red alert
2: Nice. Like, <laughs> 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 <Nah>, you <laughs> may awesome. want to change that after you panic a few, few times. <laughs> <laughs> <It's like>, Click <Clay, laughs> like on your solid alert sound. <laughs> oh jesus what the hell was that it's like
1: should we go to red alert uh sir you do realize that involves us changing the bulbs that's, too, that's high for, cool. too too
3: low for that yeah yeah and which one what was that what was that what was the phone again mike
1: it was a flip Samsung? Flip.
0: the phone was yeah samsung flip four is that, and, okay okay oh what was the name the um interface app is trek total
3: interface Hmm, that's nice. that's really cool that's really cool now how is it like like how is the screen on the bending part is it like like it's kind of there's a
0: slight bump interesting... on it. it it's like a slight no it's like if you took a piece of paper and folded it there's a slight
3: yeah so there is a little bit of a okay Slight okay.
0: something but it's like yo. Know. But, but it's, it's really a tech. Much, i thought uh, it would just bad. break
2: what's that First generation flips were pretty bad. You could, yeah. like, the, the crease would start like being coming more and more obvious. But uh, they've they've improved the tech, uh, like, to a very high degree now with the up to the flip four. Uh, I'm currently on the uh, the the ultra uh, Galaxy S twenty two Ultra, which is basically the the note. So, I was debating on the the fold, the fold four, the one that kind of opens up like. You oh can't yeah! Can't actually even see that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that demo was invisible. <laughs> it does it does that. The audio <laughs> listeners, <laughs> audio listeners, love that.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh lord! Yeah, the green screen's not doing me any favors in this one. Yeah. No, so for those
3: that. for those just listening in, we have a floating-headed <laughs> Gavin's little uh, computer <laughs> video game room, and all of a sudden, a phone just started floating around Woo-hoo! his head. So. Do yourself a favor, go to YouTube, fast forward to this point of the podcast, and we'll see what we're talking about. There you go. Spooky. Oh. <laughs> so
2: I watched a couple of things this uh this week. Oh. So Chainsaw Man episode four. Absolutely fucking insanity. <laughs> That's all I can say. Uh I'll I'll figure out a way of uh getting you guys uh, a way of seeing it, but you gotta watch. You gotta watch it. Um, I also watched uh, the the final uh, episode of season three of Lower Decks. Um, like holy shit, it was like a mini movie. Uh, I, I I keep talking about it. I
3: keep saying you gotta watch it. But holy shit! Say, I'm, I'm sorry. Just back up there for a second. Did you say the season finale of Lower Decks? Yeah, season finale of season three. Did they? Oh, okay. Because I thought season three was supposed to have the cross did they have a crossover episode? No, that's a, I I thought there was gonna be a crossover with
2: uh, with Strange New Worlds. But it turns out yeah. that the crossover is actually in Strange New Worlds. In Strange New, New Worlds or so De- De- the cast lower decks. Decks.
3: of lower decks. But yeah. I thought they were talking about an animated version of the characters from S- Strange New Worlds as well. So that's, that might that's be what I thought as well. Episode- okay, because that's what I was under the impression that they were gonna do both. They were gonna do a crossover onto both. There, the uh, the
2: I've not again, I, uh, since yeah, like none of you, like Trey, have you watched any of Lower Decks?
3: Yep, yeah, I have, yeah.
2: Have you, I, haven't seen, I haven't
3: seen any of third season, I haven't had done any okay. of third season because I accidentally forgot to have my PVR it because I was okay, just,
2: yeah. So, so you, you remember the end of uh, of season one, right? With uh, yeah, you know, they uh, you, you know, who comes to the rescue. Yep, yeah, that big 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 battle and I was all, mm-hmm. I was almost dancing out of my out of my out of Oh yeah, no sofa. no, it was yeah, yeah. Season 2, not the ending wasn't too bad. Not as not as uh, not as like uh emotional response as uh, as season 1 was, but season 3 holy fuck the that ending. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. I was like I I would I actually let out an audible yell like a whoop <laughs> in victory. <laughs> it, <laughs> Yeah, thank you, Arsenio. Appreciate it.
3: Uh, but and yeah, again, the fantastic. nice thing is, the nice thing is, it's a half hour episodes, um, like like less than because take out your commercials because it was originally commercialized. No. It, I think it was supposed to be going to the network, but. Yeah, exactly. They, but they, they changed your mind. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's what it. Is. So the procedure is like you're watching 24, 25 minute episodes and it's any the animation is great it's it's simplistic but it it feels like like gavin has said all along it feels star trek it it's star it trek is, yeah it is and, the, it and is, the
2: inside jokes are fantastic so yeah, apparently you, there's a quarks in almost every state uh, uh every station now yeah, uh, yeah exactly yeah cisco's is a high class booze joint
3: yeah but like, yeah so I there's mean, just it, so many little jokes and it is definitely written by fans of the original series because you can't have those jokes in there for someone that hasn't been watching Star Trek, Star Trek: Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager for the, your whole entire life. So
2: it's it's yeah. amazing. It's just it is one of uh, the finest Star Trek shows I've ever seen. Which, speaking of, uh, have you had a chance to see Star Trek: Prodigy?
3: No, I have not. No,
2: I've heard good things Red- about it, but. One of my friends, uh, well, one of my coworkers, he goes, uh, he goes, oh, have, have you seen Prodigy? Prodigy, what's that? Star Trek Prodigy? It's on Netflix. No, it looks like a goofy kid's show, dude. It's like some of the best Star Trek I've ever seen. I'm like, bullshit. No, it can't, it can't be that good.
1: It was that good to be on Paramount,
2: damn it. I had, so <laughs> grudgingly, <laughs> I, I sat down. and I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. What, what is this? What is this shit? Start watching it. At the end of the first episode, I was angry. I was very angry. A show ma- made by Paramount and Nickelodeon being shown on Netflix should not be this good for that, for a Star Trek show aimed for kids. It yeah, should not be this good.
3: That is the other thing, too. It is aimed towards a, a youth audience. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of neat. It's like... Uh, and you also get... um Kate Mulgrew coming back to reprise her, the voice of a hologram version of uh, Catherine Janeway. Yep. Uh, you yeah. also have
2: John Noble as uh, voicing one of the bad guys. Uh, the the rest of the cast. Uh, shit, I have that just
3: up here. I can only say one of the name because it's Jason Mendoza, and he always uh, promotes it on uh, how did this get made that he's uh, part of the cast. So, yeah,
2: but it's yeah. It, it is worth your worth your time. At least watch the first episode. Get a feel for it. It's a little, uh, you know, because it's it is aimed at kids. You know, it's a little bit tropey with with, with certain types of episodes that that they come across. But the, the the Star Trek aspect feels very solid in it, including some of that wonder that you have. With, you know, with when when you're when you're finding out uh, like new information that you didn't know about Star Trek, but it totally makes sense in
3: this world. Oh, that's and cool. uh, yeah, I mean, because, you know, there's not enough for us to watch. So, yeah, I'll start oh, watching exactly. another Star Trek show.
2: Season two has just hit Netflix, so fuck. And uh, so the and the last thing I've been watching, uh, a friend of mine managed to acquire the uh, 2000, uh, 2012 remake of, essentially, Star Blazers. Star Blazers 2199 so it takes the uh it takes it, it, in all honesty it's it's practically a beat for beat remake of the original series from the from the from the late uh, late sixties early seventies, but with a modern style like like animation budget, uh, high quality CG for the ships,
3: and they kept uh, they kept the theme song intact. Oh, they did! Oh my God, that's so amazing. Now it's in Japanese. No, the but... original Japanese, yes. No, it's not going to be the American. Oh, <laughs> Star Blazers. No, it's not going to be that version. No, I didn't. Think so.
2: so the the uh, it's not until it, it follows some of that uh, that typical anime stuff where they don't give you the proper intro for at least like the first one or two, even three episodes. So on the third episode, they do the full intro, and I'm like just slapped across the head with the nostalgia stick. Like multiple times with that theme song. And I'm like, holy shit. This is how I, this is the show that my rose tinted glasses thought of every time I thought back to Star Blazers from, you know, the early 70s. They, that, that 70s style anime look, the, 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 the weird kind of like acetate, uh, dr- uh, like photocopied on acetate kind of look of the, of the animation cells. Yeah. This is basically what I think. I, I think it was. <laughs> thinking back to my childhood. It <laughs> it is that good. The production quality is great. The uh, the you know, the the wave motion cannon, like just, oh, holy shit! This is like this is my ch- childhood. I think he likes having, it. Oh yeah, I do like it.
3: <laughs> Mikey, he likes it. He's giving it more than two thumbs up. That's for sure. He really likes it.
2: <laughs> I know he had that many thumbs. At least three.
1: Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's good uh, to know. All right. So gonna... you're,
2: you're welcome. That's my, my attempt at classing up to join, you know? All right.
1: So in, in, in a little bit of other news, uh, for anyone who, who's been paying attention, uh, DC decided to name some new uh, department heads. James oh, Gunn yeah. and Peter Safran just took over all of DC's film, TV, and animation division. So they're going to be answering directly to David, uh, was it uh, Zaslav? Is his name? Yeah. Uh, so, Hamada for Zaslav, now, at least. Yeah. So they have, according to the article, they don't start until next month, uh, but they are going to have full control over film, TV, and animation, which I think is a good sign. Now, the downside is, is they're going to have to be dealing with the aftermath of the mess that that's been left behind and try to like salvage some pieces. Um, now, what's nice is, you know, James Gunn was was asked an in interview, like, wh- you know, how is this going to relate to his, you know, role as a director for Marvel? And he's like, he's that that that's fine. You know, it's two separate, you know, cinematic universes. They don't have to snipe at each other or anything like that, which is nice. Um, hope I mean if I had to pick someone to take over DC's films to try to you know kind of restart it and get it going he would have probably been near the top
0: of the list well he can definitely take a bunch of random stuff and make it work that's for sure yeah you know that DC is going to have some awesome soundtracks coming up in their future projects that's cool there's going to be a bunch of deadbeat dads you know who are torturing their sons I'm sure Mm -hmm. that's going to happen
1: Oh, yeah. Now, so I was reading this other article we're talking about. So, how is he going to handle the aftermath of Black Adam? Um, Because now we've got Henry Cavill has just announced he will not be returning for season four of The Witcher. He has other projects working on. He's also announced he is interested in coming back to the DC universe as Superman for another film. Now, Zack Snyder's gotten all, you know, an itch in his pants because now he wants to work with Cavill again to do Man of Steel 2. Please, please, oh fuck, please! No, Snyder does not need to do get another DC film. He, yeah, he had his shot. In my opinion, he's over three. Don't give him. Let's not. You know, let's not make it a quartet of crap. Um, so there's been some interesting things, but one of the things that came up was so I guess Dwayne Johnson has a holdover from his contract from his Fast and Furious days that on screen he never loses a fight. So that's why he handled the JSA pretty much easily, like so easily. It was he never broke a sweat. And he even handled his, you know, opponent with the same skill set with really not a whole lot of you know issue. Um, but if he's gonna face Superman, he's gonna have to get his ass kicked. Um, and the thing is that I'm thinking Dwayne Johnson as a you know former wrestler in, in the WWE knows the value of having a character lose. So, that when they make their comeback, it's even bigger. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, as taking over, uh, gun can kind of get that through to him and say, you know, Black Adam's going to have to lose a couple of fights to make it realistic. So, yeah.
3: And that was That's, good. That was good putting the analogy of his wrestling career because he knows how to play the audience. He knows. Yeah, he knows to, how to play both knows, a baby face and a yeah, heel. Exactly. And, and he you've knows got to how lose to lose
1: to make that yeah, bigger jump yeah. forward. So,
3: yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That was some of the that's friction the point, between the him and Vin Diesel during Fast and the Furious. Is Vin Diesel has the same clause in his contract that he never loses a, a a physical fight. So yeah. So when you get the two of them fighting each other on screen, which happened, both of them have the clause in their contract they they cannot lose a physical fight. Well, then it's going to be a stalemate of some sort. And it was, and
3: they have to, and uh, a part of Vin Diesel's was they they can't one up in punches, so they had to throw the same amount of punches, they had to land the same amount of punches, it had, yeah, so yeah, again, ridiculous sort of ego trip thing, and
4: yeah, even so, though he
3: asked The Rock to come back for Fast Ten and Eleven, he's like, no, it's okay, you guys go on and do your your little movie, do your so, little car stuff. Um, That's the
0: thing that sucks when these kind of contracts trump story. You know, because it should be about the story. It's not about the actor's ego. Tom Cruise, um, (laughs) who has a team of goddamn writers
1: to rewrite film so he has more screen time, more lines, and is the focus at all times. That I mean, he killed the dark universe. We could have had good modern monster movies. But his fucking ego couldn't be held in check. Um, I've I've talked about this at length before. But yeah, so it's I I agree. There's contract like certain contracts. You if if the story is suffering because of some guy's ego, no, just fire his ass, find someone else to take the role, honestly. Cause you're just, I mean, now what's funny is Will Smith was supposed to be Neo for The Matrix but he turned down the role when they said, when the Wachowski said, we're not changing the script. The script we give you is the script you have. There's no rewrites. There's no changes. And, he, you know, years later, he said, looking back, he would have ruined that movie. It wouldn't have been as a, a good a movie as it was if he'd been in that role. To me, that's, you know, a little bit of, you know, letting go of your ego which is something I doubt that, you know, someone like Tom Cruise or, you know, a, a variety of other A-list actors would do. It's, you know, they'd look at the script and go, no, I demand. And and a lot of them have, like, like Ed Norton in his contracts. Not only can he rewrite the script, he can re-edit the film. <sighs> Actors shouldn't have that, that power in a film. Like, I don't care who you are. Unless you're financing the whole goddamn thing yourself, you shouldn't have that much power in a film you're in. So, yeah, it's so, like, you know, written by Tom Cruise, story by Tom Cruise, acted by Tom Cruise, directed by Tom Cruise, financed by Tom Cruise. Then he can have whatever he wants. But yeah, half the ego show. It's all you, buddy. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I, in terms of news, when it was announced that Gunn and Saffron are taking over, it was like, oh, you know, maybe the DC and DC non animated universe won't suck so hard.
0: Um, I'm going to be really curious because I mean I kind of joked about it, but uh, James Gunn has a very distinct style with all of his stuff, and it tends to trend good. So that's a good thing.
1: Well, I enjoyed his Suicide Squad. I enjoyed um I mean pretty much everything he's done both Marvel and DC. There haven't really been, you know, that many failures
0: if any. Yeah, I agree with that. But it is a very distinct style and I'm curious like I think he's smart enough to not impose his style into everything. He knows that DC is I mean even the comic books it was always like Marvel was this interconnected universe and DC was a lot more kind of Elseworld world kind of, you know, it had its own little pockets of reality with all the stories. And I'm guessing he's probably smart enough to understand that and kind of, because if you look at DC's biggest hits, they've been the weird kind of edge case films. It hasn't yeah. been the United DC universe. So It'll be interesting to see if they keep going that route or just what he infuses his own style into everything else.
1: I think it's going to be a case of he's going to hire the directors he knows are going to be able to tell a good story Um, as opposed to hiring the flavor of the month director and just throwing a character at him saying, go. (coughs) Lucasfilm. Yeah. Um, Now, something that has come out, I think it was a couple days ago, the upcoming sequel to Joker will not be part of the the DC universe. Um he's not he's not basically he's kind of written Joker and the upcoming sequel is out of the fold. So which is what it kind of was anyway. Right. So, yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Really interesting to see.
3: And the other thing is though with James Gunn, it's not that you are hiring a style, you're hiring a storyteller.
1: Yes. And I mean
3: like and like like we've seen from his, what he's put out there, like his Guardians of the Galaxy, his Suicide Squad, the, the Peacemaker as well. I mean, he is great. Even his other stuff, like his early movies, like Slither and Hero. And is it Hero? Is that the one? That it is. I can't remember what well, his his first like superhero movie with yeah. Rain Wilson. I can't remember what it's what's called and all that. But his he is great at telling a story. So um, the two of them, the two. Uh, what was the other guy's name again? Saffron. Um, Pete Saffron. Yeah, uh, Saffron and him, I think, are a great choice because the two of them will be basically tag-teaming this whole entire thing and because they're, they're both good storytellers, they're both good at weaving a tale and I'm pretty sure with the two of them going at it, because Feige basically was from the get-go. He was building it From the get-go. Yeah, he was looking long-term. He was at the background at the very beginning, but he was still there. He was working his way up, and then Feige came in charge. So now you have these two gentlemen who are very strong storytellers, very well organized, and they have a great vision. I think the two of them are going to work really well to remold and shape what these different pieces of clay that they've been given from what DC has right now. So yeah. I mean
1: we're not gonna see anything that's directly with their hands on it until about twenty twenty four.
3: Yeah, no, so, there's like, it's like, not yeah. Shazam's no, coming
1: out. Yeah. They're probably not gonna cancel it. But stuff like the new Cavill movie, uh Wonder Woman three or anything like that, anything yeah. that's coming out twenty twenty four and after that will have their influence in it. So
0: which I think is a, a good sign. And I remember hearing from the Russo brothers back during Infinity War uh, about how James Gunn came in to kind of script doctor the Guardians. Yep. And he seems like he's really good at that job. Like he gave him the rubber band man song to play to get the Guardians vibe right. Um, Star Lord was supposed to give up when Thanos was going to kill Gamora and James was like no both him and Chris Pratt is like no star lord would do it so it's like really They're like oh, so okay so they wrote that into the script and so Thanos had to turn it into a bubble gun right it shows that they understand the story and the characters and so if he can bring that into all the future movies that script doctoring the kind of elevating the story based yeah. on what the characters needs are could be really interesting
1: yeah now for saffron on the on the other side so He's currently the producer for Shazam, the, the new Aquaman and the upcoming Blue Beetle movie. One he's not a producer on is the upcoming Flash film. Now that one's still up in the air of what they're going to do with it, because that rabbit hole of Ezra Miller is just getting deeper and deeper. You know, it's just that shit's not going away and it's just not getting any better. Um, Dude, now-
3: scrap freaking, scrap freaking the Flash and give us back our Batgirl. yeah.
1: Uh, well i mean they deleted it off their server so they can keep their yeah, text, I know, right? I know. um now it is no they did say it's noting that neither saffron nor gun are going to be in any way responsible for the the joker 2 um or matt reeve's plan for a batman's or the batman yeah. sequel and the hbo yeah. spinoffs so th- the only thing they've said is those will take place outside of the dcu continuity and be overseen by their their filmmakers but they're not going to be part of the dcu going forward so yeah now the the downside is by signing this contract he can't do any more mcu
0: projects not
1: even another holiday special he can't that i think i basically holiday (laughs) special and galaxy three are the last we got kevin bacon man yeah, I know. Are are the last projects he's going to be doing with Marvel Studios for the foreseeable future? Um, yeah,
3: and I think that was the plan all along. He was basically yeah. that he, whether or not he was going to do anything else, he was basically okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish off with Guardians three, and I think I'm going to be done with Marvel for a while because he, after I mean, again, when he left Marvel, went to DC, and then came back to Marvel. He really enjoyed doing the dc stuff that he did so i mean he made plan to do that and if if he's gonna go someplace and pull off james gunn magic like he does i will follow whatever james gunn is doing yeah and the fact that we saw the trailer for the holiday special oh my god which was kevin bacon i know I know it's just like it you can't I mean you can't help but smile while watching that trailer if you have not seen it do yourself a favor stop what you're doing right now if you're on your YouTube bring up a holiday Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special which is kind of cool because it's something that was shot during the filming of Guardians of the Galaxy 3 which is already wrapped filming and all that so we have to just wait some time for everything to be processed but it looks like it's and again it starts off special presentation just like werewolf by night i'm like oh my god please bring us one of these each holiday season please bring a different i want to see a wakanda easter story i mean i want to see (laughs) (laughs) but i mean i'm so thrilled and i hope this is something an ongoing thing but this looks like such a great fun little romp and i hope that they leave it at like that just under an hour mark because it'd be perfect
1: now what's nice is a lot of people are, are equating uh Gunn and Saffron's collaboration, similar to like um, Eisner and Katzenberg, or Katzenberg and Spielberg when they split off to do DreamWorks, that you know they're going to have fresh ideas. They're they're going to be willing to take some risks. So we might see characters like Booster Gold or Plastic Man. Um, so it's not going to be the same. Hired group of people over and over and over again. We might just get to see Zatanna.
0: Oh, especially with James Gunn.
1: Yeah. I yeah, mean, he's yeah, exactly like that's that's his thing. Yeah. He's great for pulling out characters that you may not have known about or just known about as in the most obscure reference and pushing them to the front and giving us a movie that's worthwhile.
3: Oh, yeah. He's so. proved that you can do it too. I mean, yeah.
0: Remember all those memes about the world's not ready for a Wonder Woman movie? And James Gunn's like, yeah, here's a raccoon and a talking tree yeah it works (laughs) that this is like huh maybe we should get that guy
1: yeah so i'm when i heard that news i was i'm still excited by that news because it just looked like dc was just going into a tighter and tighter spiral to the you know to the basement and to the point where they would just cancel it entirely
0: it's kind of interesting too because now they have that marvel insider knowledge about what works like they have a track record they yeah know the formulas and then they can do their own spit on it, you know, just like he did with Peacemaker. Yeah,
1: yeah. they're they're, oh. they're not going to spoiler. try to cram everything in a single movie that, and and package it out. They can like, well, let's let's take the, let let's, let's let it take five six movies to develop this before we do a big ensemble cast. So,
2: I, you guys, uh, you guys may have seen this somewhere, but uh there is with uh, D, the old Warner Brothers guard uh, and the DC movies, there there was a kind of a mandate, basically, no jokes. No jokes. We don't want to be Marvel, so no jokes. And so, of course, every single movie that they released without any humor was just horrible.
0: Yeah, it wasn't fun. Even the Uh, heroes didn't have any fun.
2: Now, Justice League was a terrible movie. But, like a train wreck, I couldn't stop watching because... There was some fun moments in it. Oh, Kevin! There, there was fun in this movie, well, like Batman joking or making a just making it like a humorous comment. Uh, like everyone had some sort of like just there, there was something to enjoy, like somewhat to enjoy. It was a complete train wreck. Nothing was cohesive.
1: Now it's funny. So the Whedon version had those jokes when Snyder did his. Four hour monstrosity and and cut a lot of those jokes out, it went back to the humorless DC. And I mean, part of that movie's problem was scenes carried on and on. It's like, I I know sometimes you want to let the scene breathe, but if it breathes too much, it dies. And that almost every scene did. That's why it was four fucking hours long. And all the humor was gone. It was just, it was a humorless, long mess. And you you got all those little, you know, Snyder Knights cheering, and it's like, go away. Please go away. Make this is his, this is the big nail in his coffin. Let's have no more Snyder hero films. I I hate that movie so much. Um, Yeah. I didn't watch it. It it just, he put on the dark and gritty filter. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was just, it was, that four hour one was just so difficult to watch. Because scenes just kept going on and you're like, alright, scene's scenes done. We're here for another four minutes. Maybe time to go get some yep, popcorn. Yes, his,
3: his, his definite four hour edit could have used editing. And again, it could have been a lot probably of dropped
1: back down to like two hours and 15 minutes editing out all the unnecessary length of scenes.
3: I mean, it was nice to see some of the stuff that was completely different from the original, which was nice. I mean that
1: was fine. I like the redesign yeah. of Steppenwolf. That was fine. Yeah. But that was that was that but was there were scenes that just me. went on and on and on. It's like we got the yeah. point. This extra you know minute and a half of footage on this scene is not advancing the story at all. It's just you are like, ooh, look at this. It, it, and it, it's not, nothing with that you know is pertinent to the story or it's just eye candy that is just taking time and there was so much of that and it was just like oh god make it stop make it stop
2: justice like the oh god it's still going cut
1: exactly <laughs> that's what it felt like we're still on this scene folks it's been 15 minutes since we saw that happen we're still here we're just waiting for not we're not we're, we're waiting for all the dust to settle all of it but there's still some dust over there just sit back folks we'll, we'll wait that's what it felt like Paint's not just not quite dry yet, guys. Just wait, just wait. When the paint's dry, we'll move on to the next
0: scene. Breathe, breathe. Yeah, you can see
1: someone <laughs> in the background
0: going,
2: Keep breathing, scene, keep going. <laughs> keep going, keep going. You've got it. Shit, do we have to put this life scene on life support? That's All right. right, get the oxygen honestly, tank. Just...
1: Keep it breathing, man. Yeah, it was just like that. Honestly, that four hour cut could have been edited down so much, but nope, four hours.
3: Well, the audience demanded it, so the audience... No,
1: a small sliver of people demanded it who then used bots to, you know, bombard Twitter with more followers demanding it. One (laughs) last thought
0: for tonight is something, again, from The Expanse, is when Amos is asked, aren't you scared to die? Amos says, everybody dies. I think those are words to live by. No, no, it's not.
1: I don't want to die. It's like, aren't you afraid to die? I'm not going to be the one dying. I prefer the quote from uh, George Patton or General Patton. It's not that you want to die for your country. You want to make the other guy die for his.
0: But Amos is right. In the end, we all die. Says who? I'm shooting for the immortality thing.
1: See, I'm waiting for, you know, when they say, what kind of final words do you want people to say at your funeral? I want people to be like, hey, look, He's moving. Know, haven't people haven't given Resurrection a try in a while, so why not?
0: Weekend at Bernie's. Yes,
1: exactly. Uh the one other big thing I can think of is uh Facebook uh Meta just got slapped with 10 million in fines. Um so but then they just released what is it called? The their Oculus Pro something or other. What's their new headset called? Gavin? I don't, I don't know.
2: It's fourteen fourteen hundred dollars something. like that? Fifteen hundred dollars, fifteen hundred U.S. for this thing. Oh, good. Yeah. What? Good.
1: Yeah. It's to replace the Quest Two, but it's supposed to be thinner and but the the screens aren't still aren't that great in them. Like there's a slight bump up in resolution, but not enough to get all like
2: woohoo, look at that. Um, okay, but does it come with the Jack-o-matic two thousand?
1: No, still, sadly, no.
2: Okay, forget it. Yeah,
1: pass on me. it. Uh, but yeah, $1,500 for this thing. No. It'll be a cold day in hell before I ever spend that much on a VR headset. Cold day, damn it. So, yeah. Anyone here have a headset? VR? No, no, no. Nope. nope. I, I look at it. Uh, and my I nephew does. Kids. I have four kids. I I don't. I can't afford that right now. Yeah. I put that on. I'd flip up the little visor to see Meredith's fist coming right at my face. So, yeah, it's 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 not worth that kind of uh, injury. It's really not.
2: I mean, also, I, I we we all enjoy those Resident Evil games, but one of the one of the joys of being able to play the video game is you can at least hit pause. Or you know, look away from the screen, but can you imagine? You've got your Oculus Rift or your your VR headset, and you're playing Resident Evil first person. You walk around the corner, and all of a sudden, the like a chainsaw welding psychopath comes at you. You turn, you turn away, screaming, and there's another one right behind you. you yeah, can't, I I, you can't look away.
1: Yeah, I I don't want that. I I really don't. Uh, is it the Quest Pro? I think is what it's called. Yeah, they're saying they're they're making it so for 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 people to collaborate and create and yada yada, fifteen hundred US, and then there's you have to buy the accessories for it. for fifteen hundred dollars. It should have everything you should ever want, including like a a lifetime supply of like adult Depends or something.
2: Yeah, <laughs> for when you're playing the Dead Space remake in VR.
1: <laughs> no, just anything. If you're gonna be, if I'm spending fifteen hundred dollars on the headset, I'm wearing it for the rest of my life. Like I'm just like, this is how you'll see me from now on. I'll flip up the lens every once in a while to check out the real. I oh, know I think it has it has pass through lenses, but yeah. Um, no, no, it's not fifteen hundred dollars.
3: Like, and you still have to have a hell of a powerful computer to run it too. No,
1: no, it can it can run standalone. Um, oh, okay. Um, because it has like me- like memory storage on board, but things like a protective cover or light blockers. Hell, even the wrist straps, so that so you don't like fling a, a handset somewhere. That's all extra you have to pay for. For fifteen hundred dollars, all that shit
2: should be included. So, have you guys tried Beat Saber by chance? No. Uh, it's um, basically a uh, rhythmic game, and for yeah, VR,
1: people are waving their arms with the lightsabers. Shit. Yeah,
2: it's basically you're using lightsabers. You're, you know, they like, smack things are right to the left, up, down. You, uh, and it has a motion tracker for the headset so you can it, it your your avatar moves in the, the appropriate direction as well but holy shit do you get fucking sweaty <laughs> i'm sorry like if i if if i'm playing a, like beat saber and i'm playing it on hard mode and one of my buddies says hey can i give that a try um okay you might want to ring it out uh <laughs> like the uh one of the things that, uh, when I was working for the Microsoft store, they had these, um, it, they were the, it, effectively the equivalent of those toilet seat covers, but for VR goggles. <laughs> so you slapped it on your face, you put the goggles over top, and that's supposed to absorb the sweat. I'm sorry, but some oh, of these that people find Oh, so gross. Nope. And, I mean, you know, what we were supposed to do after, like, someone had a particularly... Um, uh hefty uh workout uh was we were supposed to like wipe it off with like uh alcohol wipes I, that's that's foam that's foam
0: yeah alcohol absorbs
2: yeah. water it's like a sponge it's like okay we're not getting anything out of that unless we rig it out throw it through the, through the washing machine and then like uh, and then dry it on like super super hot I'm sorry. I'm not touching that after someone else has been like playing beat Saber.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. So for example, I'm just looking up here. So if you get the, so you let's say you've just dropped 1500 us on this headset. Now you want to block out the light that's coming in between your head because they also have, it, it pushes away a little bit further from your face. So you can wear glasses and even big glasses without it touching the screens. So that's another 50 bucks. And then if you want headphones, so that you know you can block out all the sounds around, you just listen to whatever you're listening to, it's another 50 bucks. And if you need to charge it, it's another 80 bucks. And if you want a carrying case for when you're running around with this thing and you're like, oh, well, I'm gonna need a good carrying case for this. That's another $120 out of your account. Now they're like, oh, but it's backwards compatible, but there's some other stuff. And then you have to get like connecting cords and then the wrist straps. Um, by the time you're done, if you want the full rig, you're looking at about 2,200 US. Ooh, that's I, I can get a better computer for $2,200 US. I, I don't need it connected to my face. <laughs> um, and I can do more with a $2,200 computer than I can with a $2,200 pair of fancy glasses. Yeah. So, yeah. Considering if you then say, I'll tell you what, I'm going to get the one one stage down. Four hundred dollars, with all the fun peripherals and shit like that. You know, you're probably looking closer six hundred by the time it's all said and done. But still,
3: that's a huge step down, though. That is a like but the, like.
1: The thing is the the processor in it is not that much better. The memory right. that not that much better. The resolution of the screens not that much better. Like this is the thing. A lot of people like what they can't figure out why is it such a huge price jump. Without having a big jump in the technology as well, so.
2: Well, Samsung was uh, like for a while there when uh, Microsoft was really pushing their their mixed reality technology, and you had multiple manufacturers. You had HP, you had uh, Dell, you had Samsung, you had uh, HTC. Uh, Doing all their versions of these headsets, and the only one that actually seemed to be like an improvement over some of the other ones was the Samsung because they used OLED screens rather than traditional LED, LED or LCD screens. Yeah. So the resolution was a lot higher. Um, I, I actually, could, uh, I, I tried out the the Samsung a, a few times. Uh, I was able to, to use it without glasses because I'm nearsighted, so focusing on the screen itself was not a problem. But the uh, the resolution jump between like going for like say the cheap HP at 299 versus the Samsung uh, version, which was like 449, it, w- it was a nine day difference. But yeah, this yeah. Oculus so, Pro doesn't sound like it's that much well, better. Well, so the there.
1: Oculus Pro, they're saying that the what they call the, the optical stack, which is how much weight is hanging off the front of your face, is 40 percent slimmer. They put the battery pack at the back of your head to kind of balance it out so you're not having, all this weight on the front of your head and actually sits on your forehead not on your, your nose and, and cheeks, but they're still using LCD screens. You know, everyone thought with the Pro they would go to LED because you could get a higher resolution, you could get 4K screens, but nope. Again, $1,500. I say, fuck you, Meta. Eat that fine.
3: All right, and that brings us to the end of this week's uh, Tech Talk. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I think we're going to call it quits on this particular episode. Uh, I want to thank everyone for joining in for our 59th episode. Our Happy Halloween episode.
4: episode.
3: Yes, and uh, again, Mm -hmm. I want to thank my fellow compadres for actually sticking around for this long, doing this uh, fun little thing that we Call the internet, the podcasting the realm of just talking shit like we've been doing all along with our lives and all that so uh, I want to thank uh, you Trevor Mike and uh, Gavin for uh, pulling along with me and uh, digging this Why, uh, you're welcome Troy digging this hole that we've gotten ourselves into but uh, you know what I'm glad I'm stuck in this hole with you guys because uh, this is a fun place to be So, and
1: we could use Gavin as a stepping stone to get out if we have to
3: exactly Gavin,
1: you're
0: our ladder. I want to dive right into those waves, (laughs) right through his chest, through the, right
2: through the thorax. It's a wormhole.
3: The funny thing about this is we actually have to keep that whole entire uh, uh, tech talk section because Gavin talking with the oceans with the waves going on and his hands moving around was just so beautiful that it it shows up on the video. I Again, so. Gavin, without you making any noise, the camera doesn't cut to you, so all that dancing you're just doing is just for nothing. Right, You don't oh, have I mean,
2: that in the four... The, the, just the four squares? We haven't just, figured out how Trevor records it in a single person.
3: So just say
0: something and do a dance right now, Gavin. Yeah.
2: Hello, I'm saying things. See, watch me say things. Here I am saying more things. Things to say.
0: All right, please stop. <laughs>
2: there you go. <laughs> <All right. laughs> no. I, I think
0: not. that's... An- I think that's an episode, guys.
3: Alright. Yeah, I think, so I think it.
1: Collective goodbye, everybody. Alright. Collective, collective goodbye. goodbye. At least we ended off the same time.
3: Yeah, that's so yeah. Hey, this is another force force shot too. Alright. This has been Peeking Off the Page, a Planet Geek production. Please be sure to subscribe, share, rate, and review. You can find us at our social medias through Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. Search for Planet Geek Productions. On Instagram and Twitter, Planet Geek Pod. Or you can send us an email at planetgeekpod at gmail.com. So until next bad time, same spider channel, may the force be with you, and thanks for tuning in.
1: And there was a great quote of you know Star Wars thing aside is someone saying, So imagine you're Vader, your your old mentor shows up, your kid, your droids, your the kid you weren't sure that you had, and this guy driving basically a modified 18 wheeler, you'd be like, Who the fuck is that guy Bringing all <laughs> these people from my past in? And then he shows up at the end flying his modified 18 wheeler and shoots you in the ass. What the fuck? Yeah, that's if I was Vader. By the second movie, be my mission to hunt down Han Solo. Yeah. Blow his fucking ship up because he, he just. He and you, funny enough, that's what he does. Yeah. He, he made you his bitch. So, yeah. I'd, I, as Vader, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, man, he brings my droids. He brings my old mentor, brings my kids. Who the fuck is this guy?
0: Sorry, Mrs. Brown. <laughs> that's
3: okay. <laughs> And for those still curious as what I am, I am a coffin. Happy Halloween.